Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Behind the Edge podcast. I just wanted to let everyone know that any political views discussed by the guests or hosts are their own views and do not reflect the views and ideas of our patrons or sponsors. Thank you. Hello and welcome to this exclusive episode of Behind the Edge Podcast. I'm your host Vex and I'll be doing the intro and segues today. This episode's guest is Spade Knifeworks. How are you doing today, Spade? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. Good. Coronavirus hasn't killed us yet, so we're doing pretty good. <laughs> um do you want me to do the housekeeping? Yeah, I do that. That's, okay, that's my that. speak for the whole podcast. <laughs> that, that's, that's my domain. Anyway. That's quota. Um, we don't really have that much for housekeeping today. Um, other than the, the fact that this episode is being recorded on a Tuesday instead of the regularly recorded Sundays. Um, and it'll, re- it'll release, obviously, tomorrow when you all listen to it. Um, next episode will be recorded on Sunday, as usual. Um also, I'm still waiting on the ZT market research question. So if you want to email ZT and ask them about what market research they do, please do that. I've sent them probably three or four emails in the past three weeks, and they have refused to respond. I don't know who to email anymore. I've emailed so many people. But, yeah. Can we email um, and ask them why their heat treats are so bad? <laughs> no, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. They'll okay. get mad. Okay. <laughs> they're they're Instagram PR personal. They have out. new yeah. boxes, guys. Just forgive um, every bad thing that they've done. New boxes. So, yeah, yeah. everything they do, has they do. speed safe now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that kind of goes into our news topic, but um, we're just losing sponsors uh, more by the minute. Yeah. So, um, since I have the emails open, I'm gonna go into emails. Um, so. We do have two emails, one from, um, Z- so Zuzus is how Zuzus has told me to pronounce his name. <laughs> he says, he says, hey guys, hope all is well. I was wondering if you, I could get y'all's opinion on whether or not you think the chase for exotic materials and knives has gone too far. For example, the use of things such as superconductors, meteorite, and even scrap metal from historical events such as this. And then he links this um, Arizona custom knives uh, bronze um, dagger from the World Trade Center. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love World Trade Center knives. So he says, if so, where would you draw the line as to what is over the top absurdity? Hope y'all have a good week and would definitely love to see more guests in the future. Maybe even some someone from the illustrious Ferrum Forge Knife Works. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> so I'll I'll start you know in response to this. Um, where things go too far. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would say you choosing the bronze uh, dagger from the World Trade Center. Like, I would say uh, anything that's say tastelessly that's profiting off of people's deaths is... Uh, that's bad. Yeah, that's where I draw the line at a little bit. But more in line on the actual materials being used. Oh my God, Brian. Stuff, like, no, I'm just saying, like, I feel like for me where I draw the line is if the function and performance is going to be so abysmal, like a bronze dagger. Hey, they used them a couple thousand years ago. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah, a couple thousand years ago, that's why it's a couple thousand dollars, right? (laughs) So, I mean, um, it's at that point when you're getting into something that it's, I I would say, like, I wouldn't buy something that's not usable as a knife. Now, 
I guess some people might buy something like that as an art piece, but obviously that's not what I would well, do. Well, for so $2,000, it. it doesn't even look like it's sharpened. Like, it looks like trash, well, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, it kind of like, does, to be honest. Yeah. People still talk about that. Yeah, oh. it's pretty bad. I've never seen it, so I don't. You're, I can't you're say lucky. It, if, you, if, if someone wants to post a picture of that, but um, you know, when it comes to stuff like meteorite, uh, I'm chill with it. I don't really care. Um, as long as the material, in terms of handle materials, right? Um, it has a minimum amount of durability where it's not going to just like you know break if you sneeze at it. Then I'm, yeah. I'm still fine with I it. Mean, I don't care. Yeah. Like if they're making the blade out of meteorite, like I don't know, like what, why? You know, that would we be dumb. Him. We kill them with yeah. our own knife. That's what we do. But, yeah. But... Uh, I don't know, like something from historical events. I think that's a little bit tasteless, personally. <laughs> like it just seems. I would rather the scrap metal be put into a museum where it's shown. You know, like the World Trade Trade Center bronze well, thing. I would rather that raw bronze or whatever be put in the. There's museum. some historical material that can be used. Um, like on some of Boker's new knives for this year, they're using, um, some old scrap wood from a castle that's being renovated. Um, mm. That is okay, I think. Well, yeah, but, that's but not profiting like... off of tragedy, <laughs> I think, <laughs> like that's yeah, kind right. of shit. It is I think bizarre. If it's, if it's if it's neutral or positive, I don't care. Yeah, that's yeah, it's if fine. It's, if it's negative, like you know, oh, this is made from like the handle materials, like rocks from a concentration camp. <laughs> oh my like, god! Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it's bizarre. It doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Shell casings from Columbine. <laughs> He treated in the ashes of yeah. Let's not yeah. So you know, um, um, there's the... there's definitely uh there's definitely some things that are um a bit less tasteless. Yeah, there's a yeah. line there for sure. Yeah. Um, less tasteless. In regards to uh, let's see, um, getting Farron Forge on. I would uh, love it. I would love it so I think much. It, I think it's cool. I don't know. I don't think Brian would be into it. However. I may be able to get Brian to compromise on having um, Emler on. You'd have to get the mass so. drop people on too if you got Fair and Forge because that's all they do anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's I'm not. not lie that's to you, not man. true. There's I, a Gavco nurse coming out in the next six years at some point. I think I think Emler is a little weird, but I also think that you know the difference between someone like Emler and someone like Fair and Forge is. Emler isn't like a metallurgist. He's not, you know, deliberately trying to uh, trick people with a heat treat. He's you know? wholesome. He's a pretty wholesome guy when you see. No, him. like I, I think it makes sense that you know he lives near Farron Forge. They yeah. tell him this is a good heat treat, so he thinks it's a good heat treat, right? Like that's not on him, in my opinion. That's You're just, right. Yeah, I agree. So I don't, I don't put that blame on him. I just think he got misled by yeah. people who are actually sort of misleading. Um, I also don't think Farron Forge would want to come on our podcast after. The, if they ever checked it out and <laughs> saw educated what Brian enough, said. basically. However, however, I do think maybe Emler would be the closest we get. So I know, would I, actually enjoy having Farron Forge on uh, for two reasons, actually. Um, one, so that they could kind of give their side of the argument and we can determine firsthand whether or not it's completely illogical, which is my first assumption. And two, um, all of us could take a break from the podcast except Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian versus the That's world. That's the case anyway, though. <laughs> Um, second email I have is from Tat, and he wants us to react to a video. Um, we don't have that much time, so I don't know what you guys want to do with this. Do you want to quickly just skim? You can skim through it. Like, I, ha what do you guys want to do? Yeah, we can just skim through um, it. 
right off the bat, it looks yeah. like a crack. I mean, actually, egg. I, have, I, I, I was, I was, a, yeah, I was about to watch it, but then I was like, I'm gonna wait till you actually mention it on the episode uh-huh. for re- for real time. Yeah. So you want to watch so it? It's 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 four minutes long, but I skipped to the middle. Uh-huh. So basically, it's it's like a dude with a dog and a knife, and he's he is from Florida for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, just skip to just skip to one minute and thirty seconds in. And start there. And okay, we'll okay, watch that's it. Where I, okay, that's where I'm at. So yeah, so basically, it's this guy named Fed Smoker. I think he's dead. Is that his real? F- well, I it wouldn't surprise me. Away. Oh, um, oh, did he t- did he come out? So yeah, so basically, it's this guy sitting in his car with his dog. And he pulls out Christ. a he pulls out a fixed blade. Uh, <laughs> He pulls out a fixed blade karambit, right? I would like and to point out the, the tip is broken. That's what I was getting to. The tip's broken off of this karambit. <laughs> so it was a poor heat tree, obviously. Yeah. And he <laughs> sticks it he sticks it into his, <laughs> he sticks it into his mouth and he jams it into the back of his molar and he just pops out his molar, basically. Is it like a kill you? Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Your body could go into shock and get like some weird um, Whoa! Ooh, do you guys ooh, do you guys ooh. think that handles FRN or G10? I'm thinking FRN for Yo, sure at that, that price tooth. point. Yeah, it's, that tooth is deep in there. Yeah, I mean, Yo, I've it, never seen an adult tooth come out. Like I had those little baby <laughs> teeth come out, no, and dude. I was like, "Dude, baby teeth ain't nothing." Because you bite an Oreo, that dude, that looks like out. a hinder yeah, or a like, spanner bit. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it really no, does. That's, that's you can really disassemble your hinder in the field. Just Ooh. like, you know, if you have this guy's karambit and his willpower, you um, can just pop out a tooth and span that shit. Or you shit. can just pop out, the pop out the backspacer. <laughs> I know yeah. this isn't a medical podcast, but he sounds like he may be having some respiratory issues. He's got more than <laughs> respiratory well, issues. His name is Fed Smoker. <laughs> That's the sound he's making the whole time. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wait, why does he use the um, his side mirror to look at his tooth instead of his, like, actual just normal mirror? Um... Uh, I, I would also like to discuss. I bet I, think, it's, I, I bet it's broke off, Brian. Judging by his car. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, I think anyway, th- I, th- I think there are better EDC tools for this. For example, if yeah. if, if it were me, I would grab my Leatherman Skeletal, of course, clamp down on that motherfucker and just yank. Um, yeah. He's going for the pry method. Uh, my mm-hmm. question is, what is he prying off of for like leverage? His jaw. His jaw. That's what he's using. He's he's got it jammed in underneath that his jaw and his lip. Did that way too easy. Like that was. Um, can we time. talk oh, about? Supposed to like it wasn't his first driving. time. Is he driving? I thought he's he was driving. sitting in a. No, no, no. Skip to. Like. Three. <laughs> fucking like kidding me. Oh wait, you're right. He is driving. <laughs> he's driving. <laughs> wait, it's moving. No fucking no way. way. Oh, he starts There's driving. No at, he starts driving at the end of the video. I don't know if he's driving at the moment. But he no, pulls no, he's it not. Out. He's not driving. He's not. Okay. I don't know. His truck's moving in the back. Maybe that's his fat ass moving his truck. <laughs> well, anyways, Tat Tat asks uh, what kind of knife he is using. He's using a karambit. I don't know what it is. I would he say it looks it kind of techy. Yeah, he probably bought it at flea market. Um, probably an Emerson. Would it? Would it make a good EB? EDC, I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, probably not. I don't really consider... I'm going to disagree with you. I think good EDC tools are multifunction, and he looks like he could open at least one package with this knife and still pry out a tooth. Um, well, so I was going to... I was well, going to. it depends on what EDC stands for. I was going to change... I was going to modify that statement a little bit by saying, no, I don't think it's 
I don't, judging by the knife, I don't think it's a good knife. I don't easy know, dental cutter. How, yeah, yeah, like. But that being care, said, dental care. that being said, crampets are sometimes okay for EDC if all you're doing is opening like tape on packages because it's just like a hook. And that makes it okay for opening boxes. Opening someone's guts um, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I had a, I had a roommate in college, um, uh, freshman year, and he he EDC'd a crampet, um, and all he did with it was open boxes. Whatever. That's fine. Um, if that's all you're doing, I think it's fine. Is he using and maintaining it correctly? Well, obviously, I don't know if he's maintaining it correctly because it's not like we see him sharpening it. just jammed it. in his goddamn mouth. <laughs> yeah, he oh, uses no. it. I will I, say, um, him using an uncoated, probably high-carbon steel um, in, a, in a wet environment like that is probably not the best idea. <laughs> the tip is also... how the coronavirus got here. <laughs> yeah. That's how it's I would, he's patient I'd be zero. Interested, I'd be interested in sending this video... <laughs> To uh, PM two OG, but I'm afraid he'd say I'm threatening to take his teeth out. So I don't know. I don't know who that is. Right yeah, there, shaded people I've never heard of. That's a perfect uh, time to talk about our pocket dump. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. So who's first? Uh, well, I'm I'm in first in the list, so I'll go first. Okay, um, there we go. Yeah. Well, it's across. It's on my bed across the room now. But I I am carrying the Brian Nadu custom typhoon today that I got. Uh, uh, on loan from Sheer in our pass round. That blade's it's, damn close to the back, ain't it? Oh yeah, no. I mean, it about it about sticks out the, uh, the yeah. back. Like you can touch it the entire way down. Um, it's crammed in there. Uh, it's very so the entire thing is acid washed. It is very unique looking. It looks like a post-apocalyptic knife or something like that. Like even the lock bar insert is acid washed. <laughs> Even the lock interface is acid washed. Like I've it looks seen... very 2010. Are we allowed yeah. to shit on these knives? I mean, it's well made. Well, yes. Yeah, no, no, it's really trash. well done. It's acid really well washed, done, but I don't yeah, like acid no. wash. But you know, I, lazy. Some people do. Um, obviously, this was spec'd out exactly to whatever the customer wanted. You know, as it's on the customer really. Yeah. Um, and. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I've never seen uh, an acid wash go so far as to like have the the interface acid washed, like everything. Like even the even the um, the uh, lock bar insert is acid washed. Like I've never seen that done before. Uh, it's kind of interesting. So John that's Barker, called a custom acid wash. John Barker yeah. has a habit of acid washing just where the bearings go. Yeah, exactly. Why? Why? The, the only Why? spot. Yes. Yeah, I think the bearings, you can tell on this one the, where the bearings are, it's also acid washed. But I think, I don't know, I think that cut, whoever ordered it was like acid washed the whole thing. <laughs> that's my favorite like, thing in the world. It, Brian was probably just being Brian and be like, you know what, fuck it, that's what you want, that's what you're getting. I mean, yeah, because it's like, it seems like that was the decision that was made. So we'll um, just have Riate acid wash it. <laughs> but... It's, I mean, it's cool. It's, it's a cool knife. It's probably got the best detent of any knife I've tried. It's, it's the way it sounds is like, it's like rock, uh, pulling back, um, the hammer on a, on a revolver is what it sounds like, like really fast. Wait, can you post a picture? I want to know um, which one you have. It's yeah, like, it's a I really can. thin, long ass acid washed typhoon. Yeah, I can. Um, while I'm doing that, Vex, you can go ahead and talk about Oh, what I carried? Um, I carried uh my Shirogorov F3R, cause um I um uh, I got some faith 
Gan and Shirogorov because um, Outpost 76 posted a video of a cut test. And um, the new ones actually cut like, I don't know, like 40% better, I'd say, than the old <laughs> ones. It's like 400 feet. Yeah, like they actually yeah. cut good. And I know this, I haven't sharpened this one yet because I don't use my knives like most people. <laughs> no. And um, it's it's uh, held his edge. Cut, Is uh, this the F3 ground. that just came out on Recon 1 the other day? No, no. I've had this F3R for maybe like a year and a half, two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the new ones are pretty cool too, but I don't think it's worth buying a new one. You no. know, I, after seeing all of the people like posting in uh, the Discord about their different uh, Shiro lockups and like Sky showing off the horrendous lock stick on his Shiro. Like, I don't know, man. Like, are they, they're not that very, they're not that consistent, are they? The one that Brian had, the neon light, was freaking amazing. Like, mm. it was yeah. it was damn near perfect. I don't like Crazy. the small Shiros. I've had a few, and I just feel like the big ones are just better in every sense. But that's mm. just me. Free. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't own it anymore, so I'm not as offended. But Jake. I have a knife on loan today from Brian Lai. I'm carrying the Spyderco Janisong. Um, what is that? Janisong? You haven't seen that one before? I'm looking up right now. It is it is very <laughs> bizarre and it's it's crazier in person, to be honest with you. Those are um, rare. Yeah, it's like one the of the liner, weird. Is that the liner that comes out with the holes? Yep, the liner and the blade. It's one of the weird Spydercos. They're it's, all weird. It's, it's really strange. Um, what am I looking at? It's basically like a captured safe ballast song, but the handles don't split in any way, and it locks. Oh, yeah, I've seen this before. It's really cool. Um, But, yeah, I, I've been looking for them for a while, and he had one, and he's like, I'll, I'll let you check it out. So, It's like a uh, knife with uh, with um, where the scales stay in place, but the liners slip around like a ballast song. Yes. That's very interesting. What's the is there supposed to be a function or uh from what I've gathered, honestly. Okay, so first off, the, the grind's pretty good. It's pretty thin behind the edge and it slices really well. Um, but the main function of it is that it's fun. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, to, you know, that's fair, right? <laughs> it's like, to appeal to Balasong people. Kind if of. It, if it's fun and it still cuts and does its job, then whatever. I'm know. actually gonna I, I think it is for two two camps of people. I think it's for Balasong people looking for an actually functional knife. Or semi-functional, and then I think it's for people like me who have tried a ballast song, found that they're terrible at it, and kind of like playing with that though. Um, so this way, I can't cut myself. You just get the uh, spider cut clicky sake, Um I do want to clarify that when I said the liners come out, um, I saw a better picture now. It's, the liners are there, like they stay in place, and they, you know, are the structure for the G10. And then there's another set of two liners inside, so there's four liners. And yes. The two inner liners are removed. It is yeah, a very so. thick knife. Yeah, I'll put but, a picture in there. But it's 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 kind it's kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. The blade to handle ratio is absolute trash. Um, but other than that, it's not too bad. That's cool. All right, uh, Spade, you want to go ahead before me because I have I got a bunch of knives actually. Oh sure, Spade. okay. Um, mainly, I've been carrying my uh, Tom Mayo Midnight Rambler. Um, the hell is yeah. that? Let me go look that up. Same. All right, here. I'll I'll send a picture in the chat. Oh, even better. Um. Oh, my files <laughs> are too powerful. Apparently, it's too big. <laughs> okay. Too big. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll look it up while you're while okay. you're talking about is it. Is it like one gigabyte per hole in the mayo? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> oh my god, that thing is. 
Um, <laughs> That's holier than the Bible. It's huge. Um, like I got it direct from Tom. I uh, won a lotto from him a few weeks ago, and I was a little unsure about it just because it's gigantic. But like the blade's four and a quarter inches. But Jesus, I have big hands and I'm used to it now. Everything else feels tiny. What's surprising to me is the overall length that says it's only nine and a half inches, and for a blade that big, that's that's some really good blade to handle ratio. Yeah, it's it's really nice, really comfortable. Is the fan finish really live up to par? As people say about Tom Mayo. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It's well, the one like, I'm looking at right now online is like twenty two hundred dollars, so I hope it's perfect. Yeah, they're not cheap. <laughs> it is perfect. You know, it looks, um, it looks really good. I mean, that takes a lot of time. He clearly like. <laughs> put more effort into you know fit and finish than any other aspect probably yeah they probably but put yeah. more effort into the pocket clip than most custom makers put into their entire knife these days but you know <laughs> that's um, just how it is that is very classic mayo look though yeah and i was right about the holes that's a lot of gigabytes it's it a lot of holes dude <laughs> uh brian oh man i got a bunch of knives so um i got them all next to me well, one of them disassembled. So Jay sent me two knives to try out because I was sad boy and I had no knives, um, as you know, for the past <laughs> few weeks. So he sent me an OpenL number six in the Inox Steel, which I actually kind of like the OpenLs, um, to be honest. And they're like really easy to reblade. They're like the easiest to reblade because there's no detent. Yeah, it just no pops whatever. out. Yeah, exactly. You just stick it in there, friction fit. So <laughs> there's no washers, like whatever. So um, that I'm gonna reblade, but uh, I want the number eight because the number six is a little bit small for my hands. I actually have um, a number eight. You can try out if you want to. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna put just buy it because it's so cheap. Yeah, they're uh, they're it, by the time you get done paying shipping to return it, it's pretty much the price of the would, knife. <laughs> yeah, it'd be the price of the knife. So I'm I'm just gonna buy a number eight. I'm just looking for a fancier number eight. Like I want a fancy handle, um, or I'll do it myself. I don't know. Um, they, but. <laughs> Yeah. They actually put out an art series not too long ago. They may still have some of those up if you want to check those out. No. So anything from OpenL directly is way overpriced. It was a um, lot. There, I think I paid like 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. There, there are people who do um, like paintings, paintwork and stuff on OpenLs for much less. Oh. Or burn, like burn art where you like do like you burn into the wood and make patterns. Yeah. Um, and that's much cheaper. You can see them on like Etsy and other websites. Um, so that's what I'm more looking for is a carbon steel number eight with a pattern that I like personally, which I haven't found yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to buy one of those. Um, but I like the open L. Um, it is a slicey as people say, you know, a lot of times people say it's such a slicer and it's really not. Um, the open L's are truly slicey. The, the edge angle on mine was under 15 degrees per side and it was still sixth out. Jesus. So that's well thinner than, um, everything. <laughs> you know most customs as well you know um so super super thin very slicey now obviously the steel isn't that great the heat treat was like 54 hrc on the stainless steel version so it, it didn't hold the edge very long but the geometry is real um and i like the concept so i'm gonna reblade mine and it's so cheap because the amount of steel in a in an open l is so slight you know how thin yeah. they are and stuff yeah um so so that's the open l then he also jay also sent me a um he said he's sending this one to the podcast. I'm not still sure what that means. But, uh, uh, well, it's... so from my understanding, he wants us to, I don't know, he wants us to look at it or whatever. And then he said if you don't bork it, Brian, 
I don't know what that yeah. means, but if you don't bork it, he wants us to like give it away or something. So I guess we'll give it away. Well, I know what he means by don't bork yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he basically wants us to give it away. So uh, okay, probably sure. look forward to a giveaway in the future. What is it? Right. So what we're talking about is uh, it's a clone of a Sleesh mouse made by Greenthorn. Oh, yeah. Um, this one's D2. Um, when I got this one, so I already know I love the design because I handled a real one um, at CCKS. Um, for those of you who don't know, the real ones are about like two thousand to three thousand dollars. If you can get one. Or if you go to if Recon you One, it's like eight thousand. Yeah. Right. So, oh, what a deal. Um, so they're very expensive. Um, but yeah, this clone is like what I don't know. I I didn't buy it, but I think it, I, if I remember correctly, it was like sixty or seventy dollars. Um, all titanium, you know, titanium milled pocket clip. Now it's the thing is about these clones is that like they're I don't know why they're better made than the cheaper Chinese budget knives even though they're both made in China, but, like, the GT ones are, like, really well-made. Like, this one is, like, flawless detent, like, just actually perfect. Kevin John's a mastermind, that's why. Is that even Kevin John? Uh, he Green does everything. Three? He's Kevin John's omnipresent. <laughs> Kevin John omnipresent. is Chinese we, knives. We we are all Kevin John. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, it's D2, so, you know, no matter how good they do it, it's just, you know. Um, but it, it's pretty, it's been decent. Like, it works for me. It's worked as, like, an everyday carry. Um, you know, it came with the smallest bevel I'd ever seen on, you know, this kind of knife with thick stock, but that's because the edge angle was like 30 degrees per side, <laughs> not 30 total. It was like 30 degrees per side. 60, yeah. So I reprofiled it to 18 degrees per side and now it's like A chunk 18, 18 thou. <laughs> so, which is still thin, but like it looked way, it looked way thinner than it actually was because of that insane obtuse edge angle, which I'm sure we'll have Spade talk about later. <laughs> um, and then, uh. I got, I know, I got a lot of knives. I got four, so I have two more. Um, I also, I bought myself from Sheer. I got a used uh, Spyderco Advocate, which is an M4 steel. Um, I got that knife. Um, I knew it had a huge chip in it, which is why he sold it to me for cheap. Um, but uh, what I didn't expect was that it was going to be so soft. I actually thought it would be harder because of the chip. You know, I was like, oh, maybe it's brittle or something. But I tested it. Um, Spyderco M4 that I've tested from other customers' knives has always been around 64 or even higher. Um, I've, I've seen one test at 65 recently, but uh, mine was 61. Mm. So I was kind of like... That's unfortunate. You know, like um, PP, PP go down. Is that, the C but, uh, is that the CQI one you have, or is it... It was the CQI. Correct? Okay, okay. Um, so, and I, I, the, the, you know, the action is great. I love the handle. I already knew I liked the design because I handled uh, Darth's Advocate. It's a, it's a cool knife. But... Yeah, it's a cool knife for sure. Um, and I think Darth's was um, better heat treated than mine. Because mine, I, it, I I tapped it into a bolt and it just like blew up. <laughs> so um, so mine wasn't good. Um, I don't care because I was going to reblade it anyway. So I don't care that the blade's crap. But it is kind of disappointing whenever you see it. That being said, I'm pretty sure it's the lemon. Because all the other M4 Spyderco's I have tested yeah, that's what have, I was all, gonna say. have all done well. So, you know, at the end of the day... I'm glad that I got the lemon and not someone who actually wanted the knife for its blade and, you know, its, its entirety. Because um, if it's going to happen to anyone, it might as well happen to me because I got it for cheap. Um, and I didn't even want the blade anyway. Yeah, you can so, reblade, unlike most people. Right. So, so, yeah, so it's like, I was like, whatever, like, it's not a big deal. Um, I'm not bent out of shape about it. And then the last knife I got is a uh, Bark River Knives. Um, Brock. What? Yeah, so you I have a what? River. Why? <laughs> now, I so I, oh you holy! I almost forgot. This is really important. So um, let me write a note real quick. Okay. So um, there are two things. So so um, the first thing is uh, we talked about knives ship free in a previous podcast episode. 
Um, now Darth reached out to me. So I don't know. I don't remember exactly what we said, but I think I implied that because they're a Bark River Knives dealer, maybe they might not be as, you know, scrupulous as some other dealers. Uh-huh. So Darth reached out to me because he's bought from them before multiple times and he's always had good experiences. Oh, and yeah. He wanted to let me know about like, you know, what kind of company he thought they actually were. So, um, and, you know, I didn't want to, like, imply that without knowing it. Because I don't know anything about Knife Shifter, mm-hmm. or I did it before. You know, I started um, looking into them this we week. We actually bought uh, our first Discord pass around from Knives Ship Free. Oh, neat. the Pilars? No, the no, that was that's the exclusive. The pass around. So we bought the first right, Shaman yeah. from Knife Ship Free. Oh, okay, yeah. So I, um, so I bought the BRK with the intention of, you know, um, seeing how a Bark River Knife is for myself, right? Although I'm pretty sure I kind of know that already. Um, and then also just seeing like what knife ship free is like, uh-huh. um, assuming that there were going to be problems, right. Which I did assume because it's a bark river knife. Um, so, and you know, I just want to mention a couple things about bark river for people who don't, or sorry about knife ship free for people who don't know, um, their owner, Derek bone, um, he passed away recently, but he was really well loved in the community. Um, and one of the reasons for that is because, uh, well, obviously the knife ship free policy, they do actually ship their knives for free. Uh, but also because, um, and, um, what, what did I say? Oh, also because he did a lot of things in the community that were really cool. So he did things like knives for kids where he would literally like, you know, you buy a knife, you get a knife for your kid for free. That's sweet. Um, Cause he wanted to like have like, you know, kids to try out knives and you know, develop that love early on. Um, I thought that was really cool. Some people abused it, so the program had to get canceled eventually. Classic. So it wasn't sustainable. But, you know, it's cool that he... I, I always respect the intention, because mm-hmm. intention is everything. What if my kid wants um, a free so... Shirogorov? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so that's obviously cool. Another thing is, um, I have mentioned before, <laughs> the, one of the reasons I don't like the company Bark River is because they had that mislabeling incident where they mislabeled some knives that were supposed to be 3V or supposed to be M390 or 20CV. And they mislabeled them as A2, which is a cheaper high carbon steel that rusts very easily. Um, and, you know, they would say things, customers would be like, hey, my 20 CV knife is rusting. What's going on? And they would reply, oh, maybe your, maybe your tap water has a lot of sulfur content. And that's why it's causing the rust. And some other bullcrap that's impossible. So um, I didn't like that response. Um, but um, Derek Bone offered to every single customer who had a problem, hey, um, you know, if Bark River is giving you tough time returning it or whatever you can just send it back to me i'll give you a full refund and i will personally um you know send your knife back to bark river myself so um and that company the company still has that heart of you know because derek like i said derek has passed away but um it's from what i can tell the current uh you know people who work at uh, knife ship free are basically the same they all have that same culture or mentality of like doing right by their customers right so i really just wanted to make it clear that um from everything I have read so far, because I spent like a few hours like just researching Knife Ship Free, um, and I also talked to them on the phone a little bit, um, it all seems like they're a very trustworthy company. Yeah. So I think that um, I don't want to imply that it might be otherwise if I did or it came off that way. I didn't intend to. So, so yeah. So at the time, I didn't know anything about Knife Ship Free. Now I think they're great. I, I, I was interested enough to try buying a knife from them. Um, well, it's good. I got the Brock. I was gonna say it's good it that good. you got ha, you had a yeah. good experience with the uh, knife ship free. Yeah. So and the Brock came with like a couple problems um, that I didn't really care that much about. Mm. Um, but I mentioned it to them just to see you know how they would respond, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we'll fix you up, no problem." 
Um, so you know, that's good. I mean, they would they would stand by their pro- mm-hmm. uh, what they're selling, if, yeah. if required. So yeah. With that, it's time yeah. to move into guest topic. Vex, you can take it away. Yeah, if you want we're gonna to. interrogate Spade because uh, <laughs> that was the longest pocket dump in history so far. <laughs> Hey man, well it's not just, just a pocket dump. I kidding. wanted to defend a company's reputation uh, ahead of time, you know. Anyways, <laughs> in case I'm playing. There's Spade. Yeah. Did you fall asleep? No, I'm still here. All right, we're <laughs> gonna ask you some questions. Okay. What was your That's first you, real knife? Um, like a good one. I mean, I guess it would be okay. I got a Buck Bantam BLW. I specifically remember getting that at like some local hardware store here. I don't know if you consider that my first real knife. After that, it How was a Kershaw Blur. Um, like 12, probably classic. Um, so I guess if you don't consider the buck, my first real knife, then it would be a Kershaw blur. I remember looking on Amazon because the other local like hardware store, sports store around here sold knives for full MSRP. So I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to go in there and buy a blur for $120 when it's on Amazon. for yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So did you yeah. get the Tonto, um, serrated version for your big brain. Actually, no, I got, um, what? it was a red handle and a stone wash, I think. Um, Gross. Those blurs are awesome. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. That was my first um, good knife, too. Yeah. So how long? You, oh, sorry. Go what ahead. Bantam did you get? What Bantam? Like, what, what, did I pick the right color config? You see that? <laughs> Where? Is that the one you got? In the script. In the script, right under the question. Oh, what was your first no, it was, it was just plain black handles. <laughs> um, Right. So how long how long have you been into knives for? Um, I don't like know. When, obviously, a lot of people get get a knife when they're a kid, but like, how long have you been into the hobby? Let's say. Uh, probably like six or seven years. I had to guess. Okay, that's a yeah, long about, time. About six years. Yeah. So I was I was into it when nobody could get a paramilitary two, and the ones you could find were like two hundred and fifty dollars for a Digicam one. Man, it's hard house. to believe. It's hard to believe that was a real thing, you know. Yeah, and there were a thousand dollar hinderers. Was, yeah, was ridiculous. Now they're the now they're a dime a dozen, dime mm-hmm. a dozen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so how did you get into knife sharpening? Uh, my grandpa gave me a sharpener. Actually, it was just like the normal, um, like coarse, medium, and fine Arkansas stones. Um, okay, so he, just like the flat, like yeah, flat yeah, oil stones. stones, big brain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes, um, sir. He had a house up in the mountains, and I'd go up there. We never actually got to use it as a vacation house because it was on a lot of land. We would have to spend uh-huh. all of our time clearing off all the dead plants and stuff. Um, so I took the sharpener, and I'd like sharpen up all the knives and stuff that we used. I got good at it. So here we are. Oh, so that's, that's basically you thought, I want to make a business out of this, right? Yeah. Like, because you're good at, at it. it. Might as well. So is knife for, for oh. well sorry go ahead okay um is knife sharpening your like full time gig or is it a side gig or what do you do yeah that's you know? that's all I do that's that's all you do I, that's yeah. actually surprising I thought maybe you had a dang so it's 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 actually sustainable for you you get enough oh, business yeah. to be yeah. oh wow that's awesome that's actually really good to hear that you can do that as a full time gig you know because I feel like a lot of people you know struggle to make that work um so that's cool. Yeah. Um, so to to fuel our viewers' fantasies, um, when you were clearing those dead plants, did you use your knife a lot? Was it super useful? Was it like the best thing ever? I mean, yeah, for the smaller ones. It's like I'm not gonna go <laughs> clear the. I'm not gonna go batoning with Hold my on. duck. 
You didn't take <laughs> you didn't take your Tom Mayo and go baton a sapling. Well, I didn't have my Tom Mayo then, but if I had, I would have. <laughs> okay, that, that's the real question. Um. Yeah. So, huh? So, uh, so I know you've got this bear logo on your, yeah. you know, your Instagram and your website and everything. Uh, yeah. What What's the reason for that? Um. Well, okay. In high school, I had taken a bunch of graphic design classes. So I just wanted to try something new in Illustrator, and I figured I'm in California. There's maybe Golden State. There's bears everywhere. Right. It's like might as well try it. <laughs> You're like, like I like so, bears. Yeah. And there's <laughs> not really any reason behind the logo. I, I, there's no yeah, reason. It does, the there name. doesn't have to be. Um, that's cool though. Um, so how long have you had your company, like as a spade? Wait, Netflix? ask the name. Ask about the name. <laughs> the name. Yeah. But, well, so what led to you to create your company, Spade Knifeworks? Why is it named Spade Knifeworks, and how um, long has it been around? It's, okay, like probably four years or so, I think. Mm -hmm. um, the name, since my grandpa gave me the sharpener, he served in Vietnam, and I was like, you know what, I need to sort of say thanks in a way for getting me into that. Um, so I was like doing research on Vietnam, and apparently – the Viet Cong were afraid of spades, so they would leave Ace of Spades cards everywhere because um, they thought it was bad luck or whatever. So I'm like, you know what? I'll make that my name. So your name means bad luck? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Viet Cong. Well, bad luck for, for the Viet Cong. Yeah, if, yeah. if you're a communist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Benny. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, anyways... <laughs> uh, so I guess we're going to get more into service questions now. Um, so uh, how, how many knives do you typically sharpen a week? Since it, it's interesting that it's sustainable, you know, so I, I don't know. What's your kind of book process? How many, how much do you take on in a book? Um, well, okay. So before I just revamped my website so everybody can buy through the website now, rather than like filling out an order form on the website, printing it and then DMing me. So it sort of yeah. streamlines the process. Um, so mm -hmm. as far as how that's going to improve things, I'm not too sure yet because it's really new. But before, uh -huh. it would be probably a dozen or two dozen. Okay, um, that's a lot. for a, like is, is that in a week or is that like what time period are we talking about? Yeah, I'll usually do that in about a week. Wow, that's a lot. I, I guess that does make it more of a full-time job. Yeah, I um, get – I've got – 30 or something knives in right now. Like, mm -hmm. Dang. It's, so yeah, what do you, what, what system do you use or what, what do you use to sharpen your, your customers knives? I use the best sharpener on the market, the edge pro pro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the edge pro pro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's the edge pro apex and the edge pro professional. Um, um kind of weird, did you but... always, did you always use the edge pro or have you, have you kind of, tried different systems like the wicked edge or the KME and seen how, you know, they work. Like, have you tried to incorporate any of those into your business? Yeah, I, I was freehand at first, but if you're going to do this commercially, freehand mm -hmm. takes a lot of time. Um, right. So I switched to the edge pro at one point. I actually traded a ZT0392 for a wicked edge. Um, it was like a maxed out, fully loaded wicked edge. Um, and I hated that thing. So <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, it's because you can't see where the stone is hitting the edge without turning your head to the side. Oh, yeah, um, because like, it's your... Yeah. Looking directly yeah. down the blade. Every single time, yeah. Oh, bro. 
Um, you have to just trust the machine or trust the tool. <laughs> yeah, you just like, go wham, 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 both hands. You know, kind of like you're working a treadmill. Yeah. Well, I think that's the reason he likes the Edge Pro Pro is because it's he he's holding the knife at all times, right? So he can, you know, move it. Yeah. And look oh, it's at so it. much better. It's, it's so yeah. much better. I use an Edge Pro. It's uh-huh. coming from freehand. It's sort of nice. You have like the uh, the repeatability of a fixed system, but you still have freedom to move the knife if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, Are there are there any downfalls to the Edge Pro Pro that you see? Uh, for me, not really. It's just if you are not good at holding the knife steady, you might not like there's not a clamp, but you can always get table magnets. Um, mm. I think Edge Pro just came out with new table magnets that you don't have to glue on anymore. Sort of like you can slide them out of the way if you don't want to use them. Um, Wait, have you, do you use those or do you use the table magnets? I used no, to use... Holds it, I think. Oh, I sorry. used to use table magnets on my Apex, but... I decided to just, when I moved to the professional, just hold it by hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Although they did come think... out with a new uh, slide guide. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's... Yeah, um, I have. Yeah, it's, that thing's amazing because the knife yeah, does not move like at all. Game changer. Yeah. Yeah, so... I, I'm, I'm like super uncoordinated, so I use both. Um, I have the slide guide and I have the new magnet. So it's so it's so convenient. You can They give you the screws... You just screw it under your thing, and then it actually you can um, pull it so that once you pull it, there's no magnetic force on right. the table, and you can like take your knife off, and then when you want it to stay stuck, you just push it back in, and then now it doesn't move. Like exactly, I don't know. it's um, good for the smooth brains, you know. So what what are the majority of finishes that people ask for? Do you, like in a week? Do you get like I, I know you can. Uh, ask for a separate finish like you can ask if you want a mirror edge or more like a factory style finish or you know right what's what do the majority of people ask for a mirror edge by far i don't right i think i could probably count on one hand the amount of times people have asked for a course finish Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and um what could you describe the difference between a mirror edge and a course different i mean a course edge difference yeah sorry the difference between a mirror and course edge so course edge difference um, just kidding. Uh, it basically, it's not as refined or as smooth as a mirror edge. So the mirror edge, you're going to take your stones, you're going to go up in grit and you're going to polish it. Um, and at the very apex of the edge, like if you zoom in a lot, you can sort of see little teeth. That's why people say toothy edge, um, mm-hmm. sort of like a saw blade. As you move up in grit, those teeth get smaller and smaller and smaller. That's why I pretty much always use diamond paste on my straps because once you do a mirror edge those teeth are so small that the edge is really really smooth and a lot of the time you can drag it across your skin and it's not going to cut you uh, much if at all Um, Mm -hmm. but once you use the diamond paste it's going to polish the edge but it's also going to i don't know what the right word is to use makes it aggressive yeah yeah it makes it aggressive like i guess it sort of makes the teeth bigger again i don't really know how to describe it but um, mm-hmm. It makes the yeah, edge you can have aggressive. A mirror polish with the aggressive edge. Exactly. That's basically what it does. Um, oh, okay. I see. So you're trying to get the bite back. Yeah, you get yeah, the bite. The bite. Um, I guess if you want to do the best of both worlds, you could always do a mirror polish secondary with a coarse micro and then strap it on diamonds. <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> yeah, that'll just shred through hair. So, what uh, this is more like technical question i guess but i just want you to kind of run us through the process like if some if i were to come to you and say like hey i want my knife sharpened and i just want a mirror edge i don't know anything else what would you what would you do like what stones would you run through and you know how would you 
proceed? All right. Well, stones kind of depends on the knife, um, mm-hmm. depends on the steel. Like a lot of times I'll just use, um, I have Shapton glass, I have Shapton pro, I have the edge pro diamond matrix and I have just stones. Um, most of the time, if it's not Maximet or something insanely hard, I'll just use uh, the Shaftons, Shafton Pro or Shafton Glass, doesn't really matter. Um, mm-hmm. I always use a uh, Chef Knives to Go 140 grit diamond stone to reprofile. Um, I do have the 80 grit diamond matrix from Edge Pro, but I find that the Chef Knives to Go is a lot more, uh, it's a lot quicker to reprofile. Um, mm-hmm. As far as getting or as far as like Maximet goes, I'll use the Diamond Matrix because Maximet is insane. Um, right, I, yeah, definitely yeah, is. That's the only steel I've ever had any trouble with. But I think that's what everyone says, really. Like, I didn't sharpen it, and I sold my Native Five lightweight in Maximet before I had to. So <laughs> I was like, I'm not dealing. I'll I'll play with the knife for a while, but I'm not dealing you with it. You need diamonds for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like. I think the initial batch of Maximet Manixes, because I'm pretty sure that was the first Maximet knife Spyderco came out with. Um, like there were some issues with the heat treat because Spyderco was getting everything dialed in, and it was a weird steel. Nobody really knew anything about it. They were um, their yeah. belts and shit. <laughs> yeah, when I was sharpening that, it would just flake off in ribbons. Um, that's what. Yeah, that's what I think Nick Shabazz said. Um, yeah. Like he did a. I think he did a live stream, and it was happening. Yeah. Um, it was so. not good. Um, now I want to ask about, um, this is a question for our viewers who sharpen, I guess. Um, so you obviously, since you sharpen so much, you're going to have to replace your stones every now and then, right? Yeah. Um, how useful do you think it, do you think time-wise or economically it's worth it for people to flatten their stones or do you think they should just buy new ones? Oh, flatten them. Absolutely. Um, I... I have not yet replaced my Shafton stones. Um, and I bought them probably two and a half years ago. Dang. Um, so yeah, they last a while. If you're just insane and you put so much pressure on your knife, then yeah, you're going to run through them faster. But you just let the stones do the work and don't like, crank down on the on the arm or whatever. See, um, that was my biggest thing when I was sharpening is um, I was pressing with too much pressure and yeah. the bevel just gets screwed up. And like you yeah. said, you just need to use the weight of the knife and let the stone do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, is it daunting for you to take on higher-end knives like a Norseman or some full custom knife or something like that that you know if you damage it, you're like, crap? No, not anymore because I just tell myself I'm not going to damage it. <laughs> that's pretty much it I'm like i don't even want to think about that like i've, I've sharpened two rocksteads i sharpened a gtc i've sharpened a bunch of norsemen like mm-hmm. yeah it's it's not really anything anymore well, now, it's, it was, it's good that you have experience with it at least yeah exactly i was gonna say if it was me from four years ago i'd be like um i don't know if you want to send me seven that right now sharpen it. <laughs> yeah like get out um, my loop and i'm like looking at the edge <laughs> Have you yeah. ever damaged a blade when you sharpened? I don't think so. I mean, really? Yeah, I I look through after I'm done because okay, sometimes water um, and the slurry from the stones can discolor the blade a little bit. Um, yeah. If you tape it. Um, so after I'm done, I take the tape off and I look at it and I clean everything and I look for scratches. I actually pull out my loop, which most people use to actually look at the edge. I look behind the edge and look and see if I scratched anything or if there's any imperfections I need to polish out or anything. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't remember 
scratching anything. Would you so say you're a perfectionist, like your personality? That's why you like sharpening? I guess, yeah, in a way. So you, have you, you've never like, uh, put like a, hmm, you've, so you've never like sh- accidentally like, uh, scraped a stone up against a, a choil or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, like a, how Spyderco's got their, like you could like slam up against the nub on like a PM2 or something like that. Or I, I don't have know. A, oh, actually. Okay. Now I remember something. Um, someone sent in a Koenig Arius and... I take the blade, but somehow the the flats got scratched, and these were satin flats, hand rubbed satin. So it was going completely perpendicular to the satin that was on the blade. So it shows. Yeah, obvious. it was like it was super obvious. I'm like, what the heck? I take the blade. Um, so I told the owner, and then I messaged Koenig, like, hey, how much is this going to cost to get it fixed, and how quickly can you get it sent back to the owner? And Bill's a super great guy. He's like, just send it in. It'll be free, and I'll have it back to him tomorrow. Holy crap. And I was like, that's. It's like, okay. You're, you're kidding me, dude. That's actually awesome. Like, yeah, there's still super cool. Up. That's actually <laughs> really cool. I want to show him that uh, regrind I just did on the Arius last oh, night. Oh, God. Be like, um, I removed a little bit of metal. What? You regretted Arius? <laughs> yeah. Last oh, night. my God. Um, God is dead. So. <laughs> Uh, what would you consider the easiest um, sharpening system to use for like a regular um, person? Normie. Okay, Normie easiest, friendly. I guess, would be the sharp maker. Um, oh yeah, I guess so. I guess you're if right. If you're yeah. talking about full on like reprofile and you want to put your own angles on stuff, um, I'd probably say. Well, I don't know. It depends. I, I would say KME or Edge Pro. KME mm-hmm. if you have to have a clamp, or Edge Pro if you don't care. If you don't care, I'd say Edge Pro all the way, but if you have to have a clamp. Um, right. See, I, I think Edge can... Pro's, like, you already made a video on obviously, but Edge Pro's just better because you don't, you could change the angle with your hand. You don't have to rely on the clamp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's the biggest advantage of it. And like you said, you could get really close to the Spyderco Choils without, yeah. you know, missing it like a lot of sharpening exactly. systems do. So it's the best. Just, um... it is the best system, I think so, too. Yeah. What? Yeah. What is your, what is your like, process for making sure that you get all of the scratch pattern off of a, a like, the side of a bevel, right? Because I feel like I always have a problem where like, I get to the high grit, like you know my my uh, extra fine grit or whatever, mm-hmm. and I feel like I always like maybe miss some, just a little bit of the scratch pattern beforehand at the previous. Uh, yeah. stone like at the heel or maybe at the tip and so I've got I've got a pretty consistent um, scratch pattern and then you see at the heel it's uh, it's like an obviously very different scratch pattern what's your secret to that like I, don't, I just don't know how to <laughs> okay. I mean that's more advice for me but I think I did put a video out on this I don't know if you've seen it but I'll go over it quickly basically I have my edge pro because with the professional you can angle the table in any way since it's in a what is this a pan of ice um, mm-hmm. and I have a light right above the workbench. So I have it angled to where no matter how I'm looking at the knife, the edge is reflected or the light is reflected in the edge. Um, mm-hmm. and as I'm going through, I put, it's kind of hard to explain this without anything visual, but, right. uh, I put the scratches at a 45 degree angle along the edge, mm-hmm. 45 degree one way or another, it doesn't really matter. Um, and then when I move on to the next grit, I do vertical scratches so it's easy to see 
the angles, uh, 45 degree scratches against the vertical scratches. Oh, okay. I see. So as I go along, once I see everything's vertical, then I can go through and make, I can refine it to be 45 degrees again and then on to the next grid. Okay. See, yeah. Okay. I mean, what I was doing would be like, I would like go through it all. Like I would do, uh, I would sharpen at like 45, right? The entire mm -hmm. way. And then I would like finish it by making it all horizontal and then I'd move on to the next grit. And so I, but I don't know. I think maybe some, some show through. I mean, I'm not like a professional sharpener or anything, you know. Did so. you just get him on the podcast to help you with sharpening? Sounds like. I have messaged Spade. I've messaged Spade personally several times. I think I messaged. Please Spade. help. He sends a picture I, of his best knife. I messaged Spade like, um, let's see, like four years ago, three or four years ago, um, asking him how to fix my. Spyderco Manix 2 S110V with a giant chip in it, and I'm like, I, I'm like, I just don't understand what I'm doing wrong. My my Lansky won't make it sharp. Like I don't understand. Yeah, your first problem. <laughs> um, There's your problem. Yeah, that actually was. I, well, the problem ended up being that my stones were the mineral Lansky stones, and they were just crap. Like um, a 50 HRC. <laughs> yeah, so I just don't think they were hard enough to sharpen the S. Like it would sharpen the S one ten V, but it would be like a a, a working edge. It just yeah, wouldn't it be. It would never be a real. It wouldn't slice. Or a refine. Yeah, okay, it, um, it wouldn't. It wouldn't slice through hair. What's your um, sharpness like test? Like to know that it's good to go. Because obviously you can mirror anything. Um, if it can cut through a hair, like just go right through it, like tree top no. it. Then just straight up, not even pass whittling, just straight up tree top. Which hair yeah, do tree, you use? This like tree top. Hair? <laughs> I send it out. Wait, what does tree top mean? It like just cuts it, the hair. It, just it doesn't even it. whittle it. Cuts it in half, like right through it. Oh, oh, you mean like you're holding the hair and you just run the blade through? Yeah, just yeah. Yeah, that's like crazy, stupid sharp. Yeah. Like it's totally uh, unnecessary. Would you say fun. you are? Like, would you say like? You've handled so many stills now, like you already know how they're gonna act and everything. Like you don't have any oh, problems yeah. anymore. No, I never understood. Like, okay, I I used to watch um, Apostle P videos on YouTube, yep. and he'd be like, "Okay, S90V is gonna be an extra five dollars to sharpen, and the mirror isn't gonna be <laughs> as good." Like, shut up, Rob. What are you doing? <laughs> like, good old Rob Bigsby. I've never had any problems with any steel except for Maximet. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's just because I went into it thinking mm -hmm. that no, there's not going to be a problem or if I just have, like, I just went straight to diamond stones or whatever. I don't know, but have you, I've have never you had Maximet any problems with anything. Uh, have you got Maximet figured out now? Oh, yeah. yeah is it still hard? Fine. Oh, okay. Maximet. That's good. Um, so I, something that is curious to me from, like, the business side um, of this is, you know, obviously the amount of work that it takes to reprofile some knives is going to be less than others, depending on how thin it comes mm -hmm. originally. Um, so let's say, you know, cause like, you know, I, I, I agree completely that like saying like $5 more for S90 V is sort of strange. Yeah. Um, but you know, but it, it is a big difference when you're comparing, say like, I want my open L resharpened versus I want my very thick ZT. That's like, you know, going to be yeah, 40, I want a 15, 15 DPS on my <laughs> yeah. hinderer. Yeah. yeah. Like what do you, how do you respond when someone says I want 15 degrees per side on my very thick ZT and keep the factory angle <laughs> <laughs> or, or make it lower, you know, exactly. like, I don't, I don't know. Like, um, 
Okay, if someone wants 15 on their ZT, I'll, I'll put whatever angle you want on your knife. I put 12 or 13 on a Kapara one time. But Jeez. the thing is, if there's an issue in the sharpening toil area, as there is with 99% of ZTs, I'll say, I can do this, but the toil is going to be hideous. Or you can pay me extra, and I'll put a bigger toil in it, and there won't be a problem, and you'll get your 15 degrees mm-hmm. per side edge. Um, that's a good way. To right. sol- that's a good okay. way to solve it. Actually. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So. So can you tell from just looking at it that you know this soil is going to need work? Oh or yeah. Do you have, do you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you can tell it's <laughs> like one um, of my friends had a whatever the small Sinkovich Persian one is, like the 0472 or whatever. I don't know. Um, it's the 0470. The 0472 is the big one. Okay. Um, yeah, he brought it to no, me. No, no, it's the 0460. Okay. Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> um, it's all the same, right? Nobody knows. Yeah, basically um, it's the same. He brought it to me, and he's like, hey, can you sharpen this? Because he dropped it on carpet and chipped the tip somehow. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I set my arm at like 21 degrees per side. Nope. 23. Nope. 25. Finally, that hits the, like, that's the factory angle. And then I get back to the heel of the blade and it's like 35 degrees per side. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are such like shitheads. Why are you putting that on a knife? Um, ZT's freaking machine that grounds the blade is like way off. Like, yeah, it, it was horrible. ZT like, is notoriously bad with anything near the chul or area. Mm-hmm. Like even with like, I mean, look at the 0801, right? That knife... I just don't know why the choil area is just so bad, you know, like, or the, what, the yeah. heel, the heel, because it's like, you know, the plunge grind isn't where it should be. Right. Like there, there's the blade, the heel, of the blade starts before the plunge basically. And it's like, <laughs> I'm wh- convinced ZT and bench are made in the same goddamn factory at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well there, so I know the reason for it. Um, it's not a good reason, but the reason is, so when you're machining, you can set it to be like Spyderco, where it's going to be like basically a 90 degree plunge, right? Um, or you could set it to be radius. And the reason they set their machine to be radius is because a lot of times, you know, they'll stonewash and stuff or whatever. Um, when they do that, the stones can't hit a 90 degree because stones can't fit there in that tight angle. So when you radius it, it lets stones and you know other stuff like um, hit it. So it becomes a habit to start programming your machine that way, whether or not you're going to be using a stone wash. Um, and it's not good, <laughs> but uh, that, that's why it happens. That's why when I regrind ZTs, I actually have to get rid of that radiusing a little bit. Cause it's just so dramatic that it's so thick near the heel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, I did want to ask this spade. What was the mm-hmm. most difficult knife you've ever sharpened? Is there one that sticks out in your mind? Yes, I'm looking for the picture right now. Um, Strider Nightmare Grind? It's, I was thinking the it's Wii one. It's actually not. It's um, a Medford Arctica, but someone wanted me to do an insane reprofile on the tip of it. Jeez, I don't know where the picture is. Okay, if you've ever seen a Medford Arctica, it's um, a compound grind. The front grind is a flat grind, and the back is hollow. And Jesus. he wanted me to take the front grind and give it a zero edge. Oh so basically my the, God, the entire me. front grind was polished, but then the rear grind was just normal secondary and micro bevel. Um, Did you uh, charge him extra for that? Yeah, I charged him like 50 bucks for it. 
It's not that. It's, you know, it could be worse, I guess. I I would charge more. It, it <laughs> that sounds forever. annoying. That sounds really annoying. Yeah, I was gonna say. I actually think that's a reason. That's like a good, nice price. Um, if you're wanting something that. But why? Why did he want that though? Like, I don't. I, okay, you don't really I think you should. Your first question should be, why did he want a Medford Arctica? <laughs> Yeah. And then, okay, yeah, I don't know why he wanted that. It didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I don't think he ever used it. I'm just thinking about it, like, theoretically, you know, like, what advantage that would have. Did you charge extra? Yeah, he said he car- charged him 50 oh, char- <laughs> I, I blacked out again. $50. <laughs> um, I did see, so is it a lot harder to sharpen knives with kind of, like, a zero grind near the tip? Like, you sharpened, I saw you sharpen some Wii, one of the old Wiis, sometime recently. Oh, here it is. The yeah. Wii something or another. And it, like, at the tip, it's basically like a zero grind, right? Yeah. Like, is that hard? Like, how do you go about sharpening that? No, it wasn't hard. It's just the way I look at it is it's a wider secondary bevel. Because mm-hmm. on that Wii, that's what it is. Um, it fades directly into the normal secondary bevel, no problem. It's just the way they sharpened it at the factory and the way they designed the knife. Mm-hmm. It's just really wide up at the tip. So um, do you have something like a micro bevel on that? I would hope so, right? Not that one, no, because the really. angle was actually 21 degrees per side. Oh, actually, that's not that bad. It's just um, insanely thick at the tip. Oh, um, okay. As the way they designed the knife. Like every Tef knives. I actually, yeah. okay, that that's not that's not Minus as bad as I thought it was. Convexing. Yeah, so it's just, <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense now. I just, yeah. Hmm. So if, cool. you, so, so if a little kid, 13-year-old kid's like, hey, dude, I want to sharpen knives, what do I get? Like, what do you tell them? Um... <laughs> Gosh, like like if, like, um, like if they want a standard sharpening, is that what you're? No, asking? like yeah, they just want to learn how to sharpen knives. What's the best way to go about it? You want to learn how to sharpen. Yeah, like if if you want to actually stone. go out and buy like your first good sharpener, I'd say skip the sharp maker. Um, I think the sharp maker is more of like the sharp keeper. It doesn't actually really make things sharp generally. <laughs> once you <laughs> once you put a good edge on something, you use the sharp maker to maintain the edge. Um, <laughs> yep. Kind of like a strop. I wouldn't tell anyone to go out and reprofile your Arctica on the Sharp Maker. That just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, like, if you want to actually seriously get into sharpening and put good edges on things, start with an Edge Pro. Um, and then once you start building up your supplies and your materials and stuff, mm. you can um, <laughs> you can Which get your get your Sharp Maker and maintain the edges that way. <laughs> How often do people uh, want to, or they? How often do people buy your spa treatment? I'm just curious, because you offer a spa uh, treatment for eleven dollars, which is just like disassembly and cleaning. It's a disassembly and polish the washers and put it in an ultrasonic cleaner and all that. Um, Dang. It's it's not super often. If the knife is filthy, um, then people usually have me do it, mm-hmm. but. Uh, a little thing is most of the time I disassemble every knife I sharpen anyways because um, slurry inevitably finds its way into the pivot and I'm not going to send it back if you've got dried gray yeah. steel coming out of the pivot. <laughs> yeah, that is gross. Um, so I won't go, I won't polish the washers or put mm-hmm. in the cleaner or anything. I'll get rid of all the slurry and the dried steel and put a little bit of lube in it. Mm-hmm. But. So I'm looking at your pricing right now. So for knife sharpening, it's $21. Then you've got, you can, so what's the deal with, what happens? So you've got it kind of like a a drop box of edge options. What happens if I choose a mirror edge and a coarse edge at the same time? 
Is that what even an do? option to do? Does it let you do that? It lets me do that. Oh, Brian. <laughs> oh, I did not even know that. Oh, See, we found the fatal new. flaw. Yeah, fatal flaw. I got to go back to the old system. <laughs> uh, what? So you use Weebly apparently, right, to build your website? Does it charge yeah. you for that? Like, do you charge? No, this use- this one's free. It. The only thing I get charged for is um, like e-commerce fees, which is uh-huh. why I had to go from twenty dollars to twenty-one dollars because they take a certain percentage. Um, mm-hmm. and so is it? Um, so is that okay? So it's free, and that's why they have the dot weebly dot com. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was I curious could, about. I could get rid of that. It's the business plan is like fifty something, I think, a month. Really? So we pay yeah. or we spend twenty six dollars a month on our podcast website, uh-huh. which is literally behind the edge podcast dot com. And that's a good plug. Yeah. I mean that's our and we don't have we don't have like, you know, like we have our own domain and stuff like that. But I was just curious, yeah. Um I can I can I can uh, select mirror and course at the same time. Like it's it's a uh, select all that apply. It shows. Um, all right. Let me know if I'm crazy with this idea. Okay. So, um, you know how I was talking about how it could be like more work if you get a thick knife versus a thin knife. Yeah. Yep. Have you ever considered, or has anyone ever considered, um, changing price based on amount of material removed, which you could, which would be really easy to calculate you could just have an edge angle finder and measure the bte and you would know exactly what the area of the triangle of the edges but then the customer wouldn't know the exact price before they sent it to you which i think would bother some uh, people the spade might make less money on average that way though you know? <laughs> so like, like i just dropped your knife dude That's all i did <laughs> um <laughs> He's, as a business, I feel like that probably doesn't make much well, sense. I mean, well, 21 could be like the base price, and if it's like uber mega thick, then you could tell the customer and be like, hey, this is probably going to cost more. Oh, so Spade just sent the, uh, the <laughs> Medford, and it's crazy looking. Jesus. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, you want to answer that, Spade, on whether or not you would charge based on uh, the amount of material taken off at all? Or if you've ever thought about it, maybe? I haven't thought about it because I have my pricing set in a way that I'm always covered, um, regardless of any reprofiles, except of course that disgusting abomination of a Medford. <laughs> so basically, now, saying you Medford's to bankrupt you. Yes, basically, if someone says, "Hey, I have 25 Arcticas for you to do the zero grind on," <laughs> I'm be like, I, "No." I love how it was immediate that you knew, like, knew this knife was like the worst one because this is from 20 like 2017 three three years ago you did this knife and it's still a bane to your existence. he had me do it to two different ones oh my oh. god you're kidding me no wow <laughs> no that's so fascinating dude do you offer zero edges still like that oh uh, well not like that necessarily but like you know in general not generally, just because I don't like doing them. <laughs> no, it makes sense. Yeah, it looks like a lot of work. Like that's all I can. When I see that, I just look like, hmm, that looks like it took a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, it did. I I probably spent an hour and a half reprofiling. So you you do uh, have an upcharge for Tontos. I guess that makes sense since it's like sharpening two different edges. Yeah, right. Tonto Tontos can get they uh they dig into your stones a little bit more. So does that mean you also do an upcharge for like a Norseman as well? Because it's kind of like, yeah, Tonto, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's pretty cool. Not recurves. It's pretty much just Tantos. Tantos. Mm -hmm. 
I'd say your pricing's pretty fair um, for what it is. Uh, when when a customer buy like buys one of these sharpening options, do you? Uh, I assume they have to pay the shipping, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Well, you guys have any other questions? Um, yeah, just um, how? Oh, well, I have two. Um, one is more serious than the other. <laughs> so the the serious question is, um, on average for you, how long do you think it takes you to sharpen? Like your average knife because obviously they're different but um on average probably 45 minutes to an hour oh good that's how long that take yeah. <laughs> but his is better than yours <laughs> <laughs> well i mean I, I wouldn't call myself a bad sharpener i'm just not professional just i actually have no idea i've never seen you sharpen a knife. I, I can make a um, i can make an edge sharp and it can cut hair but it's not like a tree topper and my my finishes are usually kind of mediocre but all right. The other thing is, Jetty says, "Ask on the podcast, uh, Spade, sharpen my knife." <laughs> All he has to do is just hit that website up, Jetty. Yeah, just get yeah. the website. Oh, he already sent it. He already sent it in. Oh, okay. Oh, he did. That's oh. the point. He said he's he's saying he wants us to tell Spade on the podcast <laughs> to sharpen his knife. Of course, <laughs> he pinged me. Fine. So Did he send like an expensive one. He spent like a. I have no idea what he sent. So what do you have? What would you say you have on other companies, like other sharpeners? I'm sorry. Um, like, what what's the reason I would go with you rather than someone like Emler or Apostle P or something like that? Okay, well, go with me and not Apostle P because Apostle P is trash. Um, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not just saying that because he's a competitor. Like, I've had people send me knives. Like, they would send something to Apostle P. They'd get them back and they just immediately ship it to me because he screwed up the edge. For really? instance, I have a Spidey Chef in right now. Um, there is a slight recurve at the tip, and the heel of the blade is completely flat. Wow. Um, <laughs> and that's straight from Rob. So, like, if you want to fuck up your knife, send it to Apostle P. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, as far as the other people go, I think it just depends on, like, who you want to talk to, in a way. Because... Mm-hmm. Anybody can get really good at sharpening a knife. Let's be honest about that. Right. Um, yeah. But I'm always going to take the time to answer your questions. Like I might not be the fastest turnaround. I know I'm not because I have other stuff going on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you but, do have a lot of knives at one, like 30 knives a week. You're, yeah, you're cranking yeah. through them. So I got I got a lot of knives to do, and I got a lot of other stuff going on. Um. um so most of your customers come from like Instagram. Yeah, you think I'm I'm on Reddit, but I don't really like the Reddit knife community in a lot of ways. Really? Um, yeah. Hmm. Just, Interesting. <laughs> I don't know if we have enough time to get into that one. But. That's yeah, that's probably a can of worms. But like, would you yeah. say you would want to offer like regrinds in the future, or are you looking into modding at all, or no? Well, I used to do anodizing and some slight regrind stuff. Like I would do blade reshapes and um like acid stone wash and stuff if you wanted the worst finish possible on your knife i would do that for you <laughs> um but it, it just took too much time and it was i don't really have the space for it where i am right now mm-hmm. uh, so i stopped doing that and i like sharpening more anyways i just wanted to get good at that one thing yeah it's I, I would say you're pretty good at it i mean like i don't do you need the handle to sharpen the blade on the edge pro yeah yeah. Okay, I, that's because I, I do too. But the reason I ask is because, so I've been thinking about like, um, just because for me, I hate sharpening personally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I, I feel like, well, I know I'm not good at it because it's something I haven't taken a lot of time to get better at yet. But, you know, one of the things I think about sometimes, I look at the prices, that like your prices, and I'm like, man, that's so reasonable. Like, what if I just sent him knives to sharpen sometimes? Like, yeah. <laughs> instead of trying to do it myself and just like, because yeah. it's not even the way, the, with how long it takes me to get him, like, not as good edge, it's not even worth it. Like, I think about it in terms of like, I could do a, I could do some regrinds, right? Mm-hmm. Versus I could make one of my own knives like <laughs> mediocre sharp. Cool. Like I'm just like it would say it would be more economical for me to get my own knife sharpened by someone. Well, else. Brian, that's basically what Ferrum Forge does. They send they just have Emler sharpen all their knives, and <laughs> oh really? Yeah, that's the whole. Well, I didn't know that's that. the whole yeah. thing. Like they advertise on their website. Like all of our Ferrum Forge knives from this, you know, from their Ferrum Forge, you know, uh, America location, you know, not their Chinese ones or anything. Mm-hmm. That like they're all they all have the Emler edge. That's what it's. They're all sharpened by Emler. Uh, I actually never saw that, even though I've looked a lot into Ferrum Forge, as you know. Yeah, um, that's but... that's their that's their whole thing. Is like that's that's why Emler is so connected to them. Is they have this big <laughs> business par- business par- partnership where. Emler's advertised on there as they right. all have the Emler. Yeah, edge. I mean, because for me, when I when I'm like pricing a knife that I sell, I I put ten dollars as how much I like charge for the fact that I sharpened it, obviously. Um, but the reason I charge ten charge ten dollars is because I just think it's not that good of an edge, so I don't want to charge how much it costs to, in terms of time. Well, you're to not actually do it. you're not doing like Spades yeah. doing like where he's putting a mirror professional a mirror ed- sure, yeah, yeah. A, a professional mirror edge usually on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe I'll maybe I'll message you Spade sometime. Okay. We'll see. I'm <laughs> I might I might I might wanna because I kind of want to do something special for the uh, 940 reblades. Okay. Now that I'm gonna be set to making them soon, so maybe I'll just send you a bunch at once or something, and we'll work something out. Okay. That would be. Uh, that'd yeah, be that's the only thing is as long as it's got a handle. Um, yeah. Right. Well, I think I could just send you because I have seven 940 handles, so I could just send you one handle. Okay. And you could just use that same handle to do all of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking right now. Okay. All right, cool. That's cool. Um, so let's see. I mean, anybody got any other questions? I'm running a little dry on them right now. I think we're pretty we've, – we've kind of gotten a pretty good section of this interview in. Can I answer the, yet? the last so one you've got there? Wait, what's the last one? Let's see. What should uh, someone getting into sharpening now? Oh, I mean, I felt like we covered that. But what what should someone getting into sharpening now? Uh, just know that you're probably going to scratch your knives when you first start and that sharpening is not cheap if you want good equipment. Um, that's true. Yeah. You're going to spend money on it. It's a rabbit hole like knives. Yeah. Yep. That's like, yeah. you can get a Lansky and you can use it, but man, it's so sucky. Like mm-hmm. I used a Lansky for like a few years. God, once I got a KME, I was like, man, I can't, you can't go back. Like, it just is so crap. It's so it's flimsy. Upgrade, yeah. yeah, like the the Lansky is so flimsy. It's just you can't really get the angle you want. Um, it just sucks. You know. I have a question. What's what? one common or very, yeah, just common mistake you see with people not getting sharp edges? Um, they're not getting a burr. So basically, a burr is when you sharpen one side of the edge, and you know you're you've gotten all the way to the apex when the steel folds over to the other side. Uh, that's what a burr is. If you don't have a burr, then you're not getting all the way to the apex, and you can go up to eight million grit if you want, and it's not going to be sharp. It's not going to be any sharper than it was when you started. 
Yep. Yep. That's what. Yeah. That's what. That's what I make sure I have every time I sharpen. So. I remember when I was first sharp- sharpening, you couldn't find the bird. Like, man, I can't find the bird. It's just like ginormous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you remember yeah. that? You could see the bird. You're like, man, I can't find it. Man. And like, it just, yeah. When I was first sharpening, I was like, I'm going to put this. So I, I had my PM2 and I'm like, I want a big bevel. And I'm like, you know, I'm like a 16 year old in high school. So I like set my land ski to 17 DPS, you know, which I don't know if it's really that accurate. I don't think it is on a land ski, but I put it in the, you know, the lowest hole for the uh, angle setting. And I just sharpened away. And man, that thing had such a fat, ugly bevel on it. Like, and I, I dealt with that for years. And then I finally and not sold only it, was it a fat, ugly bevel, it was a fat, ugly land ski bevel. And not even like, you know, we're not even talking about like a mirror edge or anything like that. Like, it's just a fat bevel because I didn't have, I was just using like the mineral stones and then yeah. not even stropping. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. So it just looked like crap. Um, yeah, that's another one. Strops are just as important. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, stropping's amazing. It just I love makes. I stropping, but I hate sharpening. Stropping is just good because like it's small brain. You don't even have to think about nothing. Yeah, and plus, well, yeah, shopping has a lot of leeway, you know, like, and plus, it also just extends the life of your edge for lo- much longer. Oh, yeah, I live on the strops. So, like, I mean, if you if your edge is a little rolled, you can just strop it, and it's like, hey, cuts hair again, you know, so. Um, but, yeah, you want to you wanna segue us maybe into the news, Vex? Well, that does news. break time. Oh, uh, no, well, as long as Spade, it's, not, it's break time when Spade has to leave. Um, so all right, then I guess now would be a good time for break. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> you have to go? Okay. All right, that's fine. Okay, so we'll, we'll break. Break. <laughs> Wait, what? We didn't say bye to spade first. All right, whatever. That's fine. I'm, I'm really hurt. It's fine. We'll, yeah, let's just break. We'll cut that shit in. <laughs> we'll edit our voices. I'll, I'll right. do something. Uh, I'll write it down. Well, it was nice having you, Spade. Yeah, no, it's for yeah, dropping some knowledge. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, we can do it again sometime if you ever want to come back on, you know. Yeah, for sure. As long yeah, as we can uh, come Aaron back on, and you can shit on not on at the same time. I I would Dude. like to have some repeat guests because I think a lot of times since we do the interview, they don't have as much time to just like talk casually about other things. Yeah, exactly. I I would love to come on here and do some critiquing with you guys. Also, we'll some, I actually we'll really nice appreciate critiquing. I really appreciate that you put us on your story cuz I've already got a bunch of followers from you doing that. <laughs> oh, cool. So, yeah. thank you. Um, yeah, thanks, man. Of course, yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on. All right, we're back from break, so we're gonna do knife news. First knife we have is the oh, wait, 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 wait. kite fin. Wait, wait, wait. We actually, I want to have Brian do his clarification first before we jump oh, okay, into okay. Yes, yeah. Well, just so I don't forget, because I really don't want to. Vex was on a roll too. Come <laughs> yeah. on. So, oh, oof. <laughs> if only Vex had been paying um, attention the thirty seconds before we came back from break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, I want to do this thing first. Got it. All right, we're into knife news. <laughs> um, okay, so on our previous episode where we had Burkhan um, on as a guest, I think that was episode fourteen. Um, yes. So I believed that. Um, because certain escrowers take, like some of them take money uh, in exchange for, you know, doing the escrow services on Knife Raffle, uh, the subreddit, that, you know, because the mods are also approved escrowers, obviously, I thought they were involved as well. Um, and then I, so I, I, there was a lot of misinterpretation on my part from that. Um, a mod reached out to me to clarify what was actually true. 
and then you know i don't obviously ever take what people say at face value i always do my own research and check to make sure so i went through the post histories of every single mod on knife raffle took me like three hours um and what i found was that what he said to me was completely true um the moderator team on knife raffle does not take any money for escrow so they do everything free all the work they do you know when it comes to like you know moderating in general making people follow the rules escrowing for people they do all that for free so they don't gain financially from knife raffle so he told me the reason why they had the system in place to begin with was like the escrow system was to reduce fraud and so far since knife raffle has been created they haven't had a single instance of someone running off with people's money yet um now i do have to mention like i said before approved escrowers other than the mods are a mixed bag some of them will take money some of them won't um, but um, they, they are considering working on a system of having a, a list of free escrowers or volunteer escrowers. So people who won't, you know, take your money, in other words, mm -hmm. if you don't want to pay for that. Um, and, you know, we agreed that, you know, um, well, that moderator specifically agreed with me that, you know, $5,000 is kind of a lot. But at the very least, it wasn't made that high with bad intentions. Because what I thought was that the reason they made it so high was to make sure that people had to use existing escrowers, right? Because it's so hard to become an escrower. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously, if you're making money from it, then, you know, it makes sense, right? So that's why I thought that. But um, the reason why it's actually that high is that uh, it's not that the mods are making money off of it. It's just that the mods, a lot of the mods are people with higher-end collections. So they just didn't think $5,000 was a lot of money. Right. That's the simplest way to I put mean, it. Like, they just... That's yeah. fine, though. I mean, it's it's all relative. Right, right. I, right. I'm not, I'm not going to bash on that. I'm just saying I misunderstood the intention. Mm -hmm. um, so... And another thing that's cool is they try to keep prices around market value and stuff like that, which is extra work because they have to like look up prices and stuff for knives. So in general, I want to make sure people know that the moderator team for Knife Raffle doesn't make money off of the raffle. They try to keep it as fair as possible. And I went through like two years of posts on every moderator to check that right. to make sure that was true. <laughs> You have so, way too much free time. Well, you, well I do this at night. He has uh, his own business. Anyway. He makes his own time. <laughs> I was a joke. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, well, I, I like to make sure, right? So, you know, mm -hmm. like there would be like maybe one or two instances where they would take money like over a year ago. But ever since people brought up that they didn't like how the tipping system worked, um, they basically just stopped doing it um, <laughs> themselves. And, you know, their position is they don't want to force other people to, you know, not accept money and stuff like that. They think it's like, you know, not since it's not in the rules not to and stuff, they shouldn't enforce that. Which, you know, I understand that. I, I don't like it personally when any of the escrowers who aren't mods take money, but that's my personal opinion. And I'm not going to shit on the mods for, you know, doing their job properly. Right. So, <clears throat> so with that being said, um, you know, if, if we if we say something that is incorrect, you can always clarify it with us via discord or via our email you know behind the edge pod definitely do actually if it because i don't i don't want to be spreading any misinformation so if, if anything comes up that you think is incorrect definitely reach out to us let us know mm -hmm. we'll look into it and uh, if it if we were wrong we'll correct ourselves right yeah if anything we encourage it and i feel like when people reach out to me to tell me that something i they said was like incorrect i'm actually like as much as I seem combative, I'm very quick to make sure, like, hey, I'll look into it. If it's true, I will immediately, like, fix it, right? And I'll clarify what's actually yeah. true. So um, I'm very willing to do that. Yeah, so you can email us, you know, any, anything about uh, clarifications at BehindTheEdgePod at gmail.com. So email us. We right. always love our emails. So. Anyways. Yep, let's do it. We're drawing the knife news now. I don't know what the hell that was about. <laughs> uh, 
This um, is a wee kite fin. Wee kite fin. Yes. Um, it looks cool. Uh, Frog loves it. Um, I love it. I think it's cool. I don't like these two materials. though. Four different handle materials. Or four yeah, different yeah I, I, posted, I posted two other ones. I posted two other ones. So Okay, I'm fucking sick of finger toils. I'm Thank so done with Thank finger you. toils. Thank you. They are so stupid. Just make the damn They're handle dumb. long enough for me to use. Finger toils only work on small knives. Just, that's just the way it works. That's true. They I don't think the jack like, really needed a finger choil, but no, it didn't. No, if your knife is over three point two inches, don't put a fucking finger choil on it. Just put a. Yeah, Why does a shaman I, have a finger choil? Just put a sharpening choil, and be done. Yes, that's true. I like the. Like, it's just annoying. I think the marble's the favorite, obviously, because everyone loves marble. Oh yeah. Who doesn't like marble? If you don't uh, like marble, I, I, well, marble, I like the the bronze accents just, too. Just kidding. Don't <laughs> I like the regular. Actually, if. If they could have done that Wii logo in bronze to match those screws, oh lord. I, I, yeah, exactly. That, that, that would have been nice. I like that they have different options that you can choose. Like, that's very nice. Like, because I think, like, the weird um, circles on that one, or football, diamond, whatever you want to call it, pattern, I think that's a little bit polarizing, but, like, they have se several different options, so I think it's kind of, like, nice that you get... It looks like they just put the the mill on like a string and just swung it and ran the knife in front of it as it was swinging back and forth. It's very interesting. Um, it's cool, but um, it sort of feels very empty on the on the clip side because there's no milling. I hate the clip too. I don't like deep carry. I just don't like them. Yeah. So oh, yeah. one thing. So um, one thing for our viewers to note. So um, so there are four models of the kite fin. Um, they come in different anos and handle milling patterns, mm -hmm. um, as well as different materials, right? The one being um, marble carbon fiber. Um, it's important to note that you should look at the clip side of these. Um, the the Most of them have clip sides that match the show side in terms of color scheme. Um, but the one with the crazy milling pattern that so many people like, if you look at the clip, it has a tiger style anno that doesn't match at all with the color scheme. So you just want to be aware that, you know, don't buy it and just be like, oh, why is my clip like a weird color? It's like, that's the only model that has a weird clip. So some of the, the other ones have clips that match the color of the show side. Anyways, it's a good knife. It looks like the Wii Backlash, or the Civivi Backlash to me. It does, you're right. I agree. Who what? designed this one? Kevin John. <laughs> I think it's isn't, that, isn't that what we asked for, though? Like, I remember a previous podcast where we said, I wish... Good designs like the backlash would be made by Wii with better yeah, look materials. At, Wii does deliver. Wii, they deliver for everyone. Who is the <laughs> designer? Um, I wish they had just gone with a milled clip on this one personally. I think it might um, be at least it looks usable. Design. At least it looks usable. But, like you gotta give it. I that. think it's in-house yeah. design because uh, they're not saying. And anything. this is named after the uh, the kite fin shark. If anyone was wondering, they're really bizarre looking little creatures. With beautiful eyes. <laughs> you knew that before um, that. No. <laughs> Next we have the Civivi ass stickers. I don't. What? Asticus. I put the actual name below oh, that. Asticus. What is the Asticus? No, it's Asticus. Oh, it's this. I see. Asticus sounds like some like Greek mythology. The Asticus. Okay, so okay. again, this knife would look so much better without a damn finger choil. We stopped in the finger choil. It's, it's Stop pretty it. cool. It's skinny. It looks um, like the Wii 704 because it has like that weird. the inlay in the middle overlay i don't know i feel like civivi and we yeah, just like take an the overlay the overlay i think they take like the same three or four silhouettes and then just design different I mean, knives inside of them well, it's kind of like it's kind of like how they do like uh it's a frame lock like how they do with the gent or something like that you know where it's like the the um the overlay is like an over travel stop and all that you know 
Yeah, finger twirls are stupid. Yeah. We stopped doing it. Unless if the knife is under it's three dumb. inches, the blade, then do a finger twirl because you need to choke up on it. But if knife that decent size over three and a quarter, three inches, you don't need a. That's finger true. Twirl. I don't. Sorry. I don't ever. You don't. The blade length on this is almost. It's three point eight. Oh wow. Oh wow! There's huge. no, there's no reason to have a finger twirl. Well, on this you know, some thing. people well, say that like they want to choke up and do like fine work with. Then get any <laughs> other knife ever made with a finger well, twirl. So, Stop putting them on all of the knives. Well, we have so my many. rebuttal to that is just like I, I don't know why you're like. Do, is it not uncomfortable to do fine like work with uh, such a big knife if you've got this fat handle hanging off? Behind, yes. you know, it just seems like it's just a big knife. Like he's a smaller knife. Okay, like right here, I have okay. I have two spider codes. First off, I, I love the amalgam. I'm I plan on keeping it. It's amazing. But I do have this one gripe. There's a finger choil on it. There's a massive knife with a finger choil. It doesn't belong yep. here. I also have a little native with Rip a finger choil. It does belong here. Yes, I do. This amalgam is really good. <laughs> the mouse doesn't have a finger choil, but I, it's still fine. Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know. I don't even think you need one. Well, you don't. Like, finger choil not having it. Well, the only one I think I felt have needed a finger choil was my Falcon, so my Mastrop Falcon, and the Pilar. Those were the two knives I've had that I thought... The Pilar does. Um, I think the little native does, just from my use with it, but... Mm -hmm. It's almost, I think they only need it because of the shape of the handle, yeah. honestly. Like with the Falcon, if you like, don't... It's ridiculous. With the Falcon, if you didn't choke up, you were just kind of hanging off. You know, right. So. so it's like more handle, basically, yeah. like necessary handle. Mm -hmm. um, I take issue with the fact that a lot of these "quote unquote" finger toils are sloped so shallow that, like, I don't feel comfortable putting my finger. No, anyway. I can get like my first knuckle, that first like right at the tip of your finger, right around yeah. your nail. That's about as far well, as I can get into most of them. That's one of the reasons I, I don't know like y'all got fat fingers, but you know I have skinny fingers. Rude. So. I got skinny fingers. <laughs> you know, like. Um, it's not that bad for me so but yeah um i mean uh the asticus looks okay i'll leave it at that Asticus d2 it's also d2 it's though, d2 so. how much is it do we know dun, dun, it's probably cheap probably it's probably, like price, probably 60, 60 bucks yeah probably yeah. 60 that's all right that's fine okay let's talk about a knife that we're all really excited about and if you're not i don't know why you're on this podcast the monterey bay knives rosalinda it's okay i mean it looks nice it looks nice it does but you know what so does it looks usable as hell. It just looks like a knife. Oh. I'm so used at this point to like weird designs. It just looks, it looks like a right. knife. It looks, it looks like it's a poor man's scout. Up? That's all it is. E exactly. <laughs> or like a, or like a fancy T1. Yeah. I mean, well, what's the steel? Probably S35. Probably I would say what? M390 if it's Monterey Bay. Right? Oh, no, it might be RWL34 for all we know. Oh, it's M3. Oh no. Wait. <laughs> Their post on the post themselves. It says steel M390 parentheses most likely <laughs> even, even they don't know that's fascinating it's, a good, it's, a, it's three and a quarter blade no the blade's three and three fours and the blade edge is three and a quarter so that's good i mean i'm just know, excited they're putting a, a thumb stud on, on washers it. right big brain right so as as you know as boring as the knife is in some sense um it is still very elegant and simple i think if it's a good price and you know has monterey bay quality and you know execution it might actually be a great knife to recommend to people who don't, can't afford like you know scouts and it looks scouts. good it looks good yeah. it looks good i like yeah. the swedge it reminds me of the stiletto yeah it's like a <laughs> stiletto it? i think i like it so much because it it just doesn't piss me off which is what a lot of 
these other knives lately have been doing. Like, they just seem... Like, there's obvious things that they're doing that they shouldn't be doing. I like the, yeah. This one just seems to do everything decently. I'm going to guess just under $200. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, like... That would like be a fair now. price. Like the, right on there. the lock bar cut out on the show side scale. Yeah, that looks a nice touch. Yeah. yeah. And that's one's actually it's, usable. Uh, a lot of them are, I mean, usable. Mm-hmm. Like they still cover right. the other side. And those washers are going to... That's, that's going to be a great uh, knife. Gonna be, Hopefully it's made I mean, just, just to use. Just to this use is, day in, day out. This is nice. um, Nick Shabazz Wet Dream. It's three and a half inches. The weight is three ounces. So you have one ounce per inch of blade length. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's got washers. It's got M390. Thumbs does not the cutting very path. very simple design. Yep. Yeah, thumbs is on the cutting path. Like, it looks... And it looks... It just looks clean. You know what? You know? Because so, the, my um, only critique is the stupid lanyard hold. Stop making the lanyard hold. No one is doing that in the right mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> no yeah. one uses Who it. Who wants a freaking sharp tampon in your pocket? That's all a lanyard is. That's all you want. Um, <laughs> so I've never heard that before, but I... Uh, yeah, so the... The, the MBK Rosalinda <laughs> looks good. Off his game. Rosalinda looks good. Uh, anyways. Is that a hollow, though? Or is it... Uh, looks hollow. It looks hollow. It looks hollow. If it's a me. hollow, hopefully it's a good hollow. Yeah, it... It, look, it looks it's slightly a, hollow. I wouldn't say it's, it's like crazy tiny, or anything. It's got a tiny, tiny, tiny little sharpening twirl. It's so tiny. Yeah, it's good to go. It's good to go. Not in yeah. the next knife. Fifth twenty. Fifth twenty. So the fifth twenty is on knows. on news today because um, everyone got it. Uh, yeah. It looks. I mean, this is a great looking knife, right? It's a great um, knife. I have an opportunity to buy one, but I shouldn't spend the money. Yeah, much, it's an awesome yeah. looking knife. Um, that being said, I I mean I have heard some people have some problems. So like Antec last podcast said that one of his had a scuffed scale or or a scuffed bolster, and s- someone else in the Discord recently got theirs, and they were also complaining of some QC issue, but I can't remember what. I mean, yeah. So, but, I think they're kind of rushed. I think honestly. But I think degree. the majority of the people haven't had problems, but it is a little sad to see some people having problems, you know. And yeah, because they're five hundred eighty dollar knives, yeah. so it's kind they of... shouldn't have problems. They just shouldn't. Yeah. No. no, that should and it's and it's. Let's be honest, it's Chinese oh, made I know in what a the factory. Problems were. That should be damn near perfect problems, for a production I think knife. Like someone posted a picture in the Discord of their fifth twenty, and it had a ton of pitting on the the like. The back oh, of the yes. handle. I think Jetty had some um some voids yeah. on his. So they, uh, so they have a ton of like theirs had a ton of pitting on like the back of the scales. So like on you know in between both scales. I don't understand why these companies can't get this carbon fiber right at this point. When you're well, charging that much, just do it correctly. So don't use poor scales. So know. it is. So we already know Kevin John does the you know manufacturing for a lot of the parts. Um, I assume that since Kevin John is in that, you know, cloning area, they use the same suppliers as AliExpress, like all those carbon fiber makers. That carbon fiber is okay, um, but it's not the highest quality um, that should be going into a knife this expensive. That's what I'm saying. They, so, sh- they shouldn't accept this on a, you shouldn't ship out a $600 knife with voids in the carbon fiber when it's production. AG Composites. Buy his carbon fiber. Best on the market. <laughs> um, is there anything else we want to say about the fifth twenty? It looks um, good. It's somebody buy me one. I don't want to spend the money on it, but I, I want it. Twenty three, so I don't really have a need to buy one anymore. But it's a great knife. It's slicey. Okay. The hand satin's nice. It's just a good knife. Yeah. Moving on to the uh, the uh, Kershaw knife Link, Kershaw Link, Kershaw Launch One, whatever you want to call it. The oh, ZT. Yeah, I said it, I'm, it? I'm, the, 
I'm calling it early. This is knife of the, the year. ZT three or ZT O three five seven. My favorite part is the non-scale covered lanyard hole that's going to dig into your palm. It is I a rebranded that. Kershaw. We all know it. I've seen you all talking about it on Instagram. We all know it's just boring. Why is ZT doing this? What's the market research, ZT? I I tried to give you the benefit of the doubt. What are you doing? Their market research is, hey, these Kershaw sell at this good price. Let's take away that good price and mark it up and slap so a different label like, in there and make it America. Like, boom. Um, oh, no, that's already made in America. It's, yeah. Uh, it's like, um, was it 165? Is that what it was? Something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, so, and you get... No one's buying you're getting, ZT at 160 well, bucks. Not this one. Not, not this one. Not, yeah. <laughs> not a 20 CV G10 ZT of a Kershaw design. You know? Speed safe, baby. Speed why safe. Would buy, why would you buy this $160 so, one when you could buy the other new one for $300? <laughs> it's. I, I think ZT is going for that like hard use, use at work kind of market that Benchmade is pretty much <laughs> cornered. And I don't think they're going to take that away but from they them. Said they Sorry, they said they didn't want to do that. They said they wanted to move away from their hardcore military brand. Well, that's what the hell this I is. Know. I'm saying, off. I'm saying they're. It's I'm saying they're they're not doing what they said they were going to change. You know. I know. I'm agreeing <laughs> yeah. with you. Um, it was, I, was, I, I remember when. Um, I mean, <laughs> so uh, Echo and I had like a small, like not an argument, but like you know, we were we were really like I was questioning if they did any research really and Echo was like they gotta do some research and then we messaged them no reply so I was trying that was in response not. to uh, the uh, that was we were talking about that in relation to like the slip joint right so I'm like yeah. I was saying well they probably do do some research right well ZT I've emailed you so many times about a year too late but yeah I, I just don't understand just answer me man I'm tired of this okay like you're not you're not proving um, it honestly to me. i think they're like okay the okay zt if you're listening you you have some designs that are good but listen fire your entire research team whoever designed your knives <laughs> hire us we will <laughs> we we will do much better market research we'll can, make your knives sell I will make them go like 100 percent in profit from overnight well, oh, for sure. All you got to do is fucking me, collaborate with a couple, this, like, uh, production versions of custom knives are so in right now. Just find somebody who wants to fucking work with you. Well, let, me, let me ask you this, though. Why? What's the deal with their so, their Instagram social media manager going all hostile on these people in their Instagram comments? You know, I've seen that. This guy. <laughs> because they have no control. This over, guy, I, I swear to God, they have the most incompetent Well, this guy's HR going team. ham on, HR, this guy's PR. going ham on his on ZT's potential customers, I think he's kind of acting. Is this new? I I don't know if it's new or not. Yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. reading. Because well, I remember a couple years ago, they said the Kershaw guy was going. Oh, well, that's Kershaw. Like, I don't I don't I don't know if the Kershaw and the ZT uh, social media manager is the same person. We don't really know. But I do have screenshots the, uh, of yeah. he's just very kind of rude in his responses to people. Right. So like, here's one response from this guy. Knives Gear on Instagram, he says, and the, he, this is a very, like a very cordial response. He says, "Why a speed safe? Learn from all what from ah, sorry, learn from what all your customers say." Best a ZT fan, and then the ZT Knives Instagram account responds with, "Why would you want us to only make knives for one specific uh, knife fan? Sure, some ZT fans prefer unassisted, 
That's why we have some models with washers, some with KVT ball bearings, and some with SpeedSafe. Not every model we produce will be a perfect match for every fan. I don't know. And some of the stuff, like... you, the, But they do make knives for only one type of customer. Recently, they have. That's the I problem. I mean, they've... they've like, I think the 0609 is good. I think the 0393 was pretty good. Their slip joint. I really liked my 0450. Slip joint, I don't like the slip joint. The slip like joint the slip was a branch joint. out, though. That was a little bit but branching out. But they branched out. out. I, I didn't like it, but I yeah, appreciate it. I just don't it. like how their new knives are hard use, per se, but their bearings and flippers. Or That's speed stupid. safe. What the heck's with the speed safe? Speed safe is dumb. Like, dude, um, like the old ZTs were actually hard use. Here's another... I promise you, anyone that's actually hard using their knife does not give a flying shit about bearings. They don't care about action. They want the knife to not break on them when they're <laughs> using it. The people that do care about bearings, like me, don't hard use their knives. That's not that's not necessarily true. Some people do hard. That's a hundred. That's don't a say fact. that because that's not true. Uh, <laughs> don't say that. If you say that, people are going to take your word for it, Jake. I don't think you realize how people hack. Um, as as I'm I saw as I saw in the Discord today, if you say something, people are going to think you're serious um anyways here's another no bearings are not ideal for hard use though um but some people still like them but i think in general if they're going to try to corner one area of the market and stick to it they should do what's proven and what people you know like what's sad yeah. is like the 0640 the emerson one with the thumb disc was a freaking great move or a great um knife in the right direction but they had to choose an ugly ass green carbon fiber it's like yellow. Why? I still want one of those. Why? You pop some micarta yeah, on there. Saying, if they would have made like beautiful. natural micarta and that's how it comes standard, it would have sold like hotcakes. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They, that, yeah. they would have been burning through those. Like, What's the I, cheapest I think they're the masters. Yeah, I think ZP is the masters of like squandering opportunities. Mm -hmm. Honestly, they have like, been lately. I disagree. I think CRKT well, is yeah, better. But, but, well, I don't even know. <laughs> well, no, but CRKT, I don't think they have the capability of doing better. Like that's know. fair. They don't really have their own production factory. Um, yeah, they don't. They, you know, ZP makes their own stuff. Like they have control. Yeah. You no, know, they have money. They have resources. They have the facilities. They have the technology. They're just. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know. It's just like, <laughs> and then this social media guy, like, it's just weird. That's here's another one. Here's another company. one. This guy comments: disappointment of the uh, disappointment of the year so far. Please don't hype up a weak combo of the bare knuckle and dividend ever again. Freaking joke with the speed safe BS. And ZT responds: Is everyone that prefers a speed safe a joke? Why would they not have options available yes. to them? That's why we offer a variety of opening systems: KVT ball bearings, washers, and speed safe. Not everyone has the same preferences. I don't know why this. I don't know why this guy is even responding to some of these. Like. If someone's yeah, calling like you, that that doesn't deserve like, exactly. a response. That's just someone's that, yeah, off. exactly. You, you're take your you're kind of giving like what seems kind of like an emotional response to something where really you should just look over it. Like I don't know, it's just like here. Here's you, a good one from Pete. Actually, he didn't get a response, but Pete from Sedgwick said, "I like the design a lot, but the speed safe means it can't come to my part of the world." And that's another thing. Like if you keep putting speed safe, which is an assist on these knives it limits their usability right if you like if if you're making a knife for 185 dollars msrp it should be able to flip without an assist yeah either make it either make it non-assisted or make it an auto in my opinion like yeah i mean might as well no one i don't know anyone who's buying a 200 dollars assisted knife yeah well it's, well, it there is was 165 a, a re, yeah but sorry I was going to say, it is just 165 you know, compared to $200, but still. Um, 
Well, the MSRP is what I'm, 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 I'm playing oh, it up. Well, anyways, what were you saying, Brian? Well, what I was trying to say is that, you know, there was some time when some people made arguments that the assist was good because, you know, if you're old or infirm, like, you know, it would help you, like, to get the knife out. And I was just like, <laughs> I, and there's so, you, look, here's the thing. Is that a like, ad? <laughs> no, no. An 85-year-old pulling out oh. a ZT. Yeah, I'm like, number one, that's not your target market. Number two, nope. it is actually harder to deploy because it's so strong to overcome the initial yeah, force. Yeah, the detent's ridiculous And three, putting it back in the handle is so much Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. If you're talking about someone older that has trouble, you know, maybe has arthritis in their hands, I think it takes just as much well, force to open it. As, and it takes more well, force. Also, it fires open way too yeah, hard. And it takes more force. I've heard that autos are good for like older people too, but I don't know if any of you have ever tried like an out the front. They take a decent amount of force to actuate oh and a lot God, more than that. It takes so back. much force. Yeah. Like they're yeah. ridiculous. Um, I tried opening my friend's ZT0770, if I named that model correctly. You I did. For the exact you number. did. Um, but that one has a speed safe, and I, I hate opening that knife because sometimes I almost drop it from how hard it opens. <clears throat> That's how autos are. Anything out the side like that, basically. Um, but see, the difference is with an auto, you can have a better grip because you can put your uh, whole wrapper yeah, exactly. around the handle. And just exactly. click the button. Right. Yeah. When you're when you're deploying a flipper, you can't wrap your hand around because then it'd be in the way of the blade. So you have like no grip mm -hmm. and then it fires out and it's just yep. like I don't like it. It's just whatever. So I'm just I'm just gonna say the last good design they put out was the, the 0640. Yeah. Oh that's a great design. I haven't design. seen anything. That's a great design. I haven't seen anything yeah. better. Because they came out with what, that tan three hundred dollar G ten oh, one. one. And yeah. then they put this out. Yeah. And I'm, Anyways, I'm, I'm just uh, with let's it. move on here to yeah, Sparco Amsterdam meat canceled due to coronavirus. Yes, I was told that we shouldn't go on a super coronavirus tangent, but I mean, this is you know it's kind of crazy to see this virus it's affecting the knife world. To affecting them, it's it actually very it's pretty close to to me now because uh, they just had a couple of cases in Atlanta. Well, it's Georgia. even closer to you now, Jake, because they just had one in uh, Wake County, North Carolina, which you know. <laughs> oh, 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 um, God. There is a confirmed. I'm glad I don't leave a the confirmed house. Case today in North Carolina near where I uh, go to school. So, yeah. Right. Stay um, safe out yeah. there, man. Now, for people who don't know what the Spyderco Amsterdam meet is, it's like the biggest meet for Spyderco where they, you know, show all the designs. Um, it's yeah, closed it's doors. Huge. No one's allowed to take pictures except one dude. Um, like, and it's a cool event, but. Um, it kind of sucks that that means that, you know, designs from Spyderco are probably going to be delayed and released mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, that kind of sucks. There's been designs, uh, or there's been delays all over the world. Oh, yeah. Um, you've seen with China, um, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the Evo, uh, no, the Voids, yeah. you know, there are Anything, delays yeah, basically a, a ton of Chinese knife manufacturers have been having to delay products because of the coronavirus because they can't work because, you know. They're on yeah, lockdown. They're work. on lockdown. Like what? You know, they can't do anything. Um, so you're gonna see a lot more delays in the future. Um, there's a lot more restrictions on shipping. Um, it's just gonna be more difficult mm -hmm. for companies in China or that work with China to get yeah. stuff done. And yeah, I don't know how long this. Which is most nice. Yeah, I don't know how long yeah. this you know stuff's gonna last. How long this like you know quarantine is gonna go on for places in China where they can't. You know, leave their homes. Even I don't know how long it's going to go on. So you know, you it could potentially you could potentially see like um, certain Chinese knives going out of stock here, and then they can't get them back in stock because they're not being produced. You know, so uh, yeah. Don't pay over 
overinflated prices for them. Just wait, but it, just it be could prepared, be a while. You know, just be prepared for... Uh, Wash you know. your damn hands. Oh, yeah. Cough into your freaking elbow. Yeah. Dude, if I see one more... One more person just whole ass <laughs> open mouth cough in public. I'm yeah, gonna punch that's, them. That's your PSA to wash your hands. Lots of friction. And if you're sick, don't go to work. Just stay at home yeah, or go to the doctor if you can. Just don't go. Anymore. Lots of lots of work. lots it's of friction. Nice. Hot water. Uh, cough into your elbow. Um, so yep. yeah, that's boil water beforehand is. and. Um, that's that's all <laughs> I that's all I have. I I don't. This isn't the coronavirus COVID nineteen podcast, but. You get the idea. Um, uh, next, we have Manly USA closing its stores. I don't know much about Manly. Has the dumbest knife company. Brian, name. do you know anything about this? Yeah. So um, Manly had a couple of knives that are, you know, they had like, they were basically um, focused on good performance and simple designs. Um, now that sounds broad, but when I mean simple, I mean like really simple, like just flat, flat, maybe a whole spidey hole. Um, you know, they would use steels like 14C28N or like, you know, S90V that, you know, steels that you could make perform that aren't that expensive. So their appeal was sort of a good heat treat, a good steel and being very, very inexpensive. Like we're talking like, yeah, they, their prices are amazing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think the reason why they didn't do that well was mostly design. Um, their designs weren't the most attractive looking. Um, we obviously considered a manly knife for the Discord exclusive at one point. And people's main critiques were it doesn't look that good, <laughs> which, is, which is a fair which is a fair critique. Now that's the um, knife community at large. Yeah. yeah so um, Manly USA will not be selling Manly knives anymore. They're going to be focusing on their own brand, which is Maker Blades, um, which is going to be like a small batch showcase for Bar- Bulgarian makers. I don't know. Um, they're going to do small custom runs, basically of pop- of uh, popular Bulgarian custom knives. Um, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see it. Um, but you know, yeah, Manly is pretty much dead um, in the USA at least. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a shame. Like they they were kind of very proactive about caring about their heat treat and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you can't just have that. You have to also have good designs or something interesting. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you want to be successful here at least in in the American market. So. Yeah, um, it just goes to show, you know, you gotta, you can't just have one thing or the other, you know. If you're gonna have one, only one thing, it's actually design that's gonna matter more than having good performance. Um, but you gotta have both uh, if you want to do really, really well. Most people, if they want good performance with a good heat treat and a decent design, they'll go Spyderco. I, I think Manly was a little too focused on the performance aspect for most people. Yeah, their designs um, were a little. Their designs were a little blocky. Um, <laughs> And, you know, Spyderco has the advantage of, like, having that ergo, ergonomics reputa- reputation and stuff like that as well. Oh, yeah. So, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's unfortunate that a, a place is shutting its doors, you know. But, you know, as it happens, new places will open. Other places will close, so. Yeah, good luck to their, yeah. their future endeavors, anything yeah. that they do. Um, Vex, you want to? Segways. Oh, okay, okay. Um, now we're on to the main topic, which is knife maintenance and mods. Yeah. What kind of maintenance should a person be doing on their knives? <laughs> um, what do you guys think? At home, like, if you're uncomfortable doing anything to your knife, don't do it. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Even just disassembly. Um, but but if you're if you're comfortable doing it, you want to play around. There's all kind of stuff you can try. Um, 
my my rule of thumb is if you have never done something before and you are thinking about doing it on a knife that you want nothing bad to happen to, then don't do yeah. it. Yeah, I think that um, I think personally everyone should learn how to sharpen or main, learn how to maintain their knives personally. That being said, don't. I have a I have a work. That being said, that. don't work or don't try to learn on your PM two. Uh, you know. Oh God. Go. <laughs> Is that from personal no, experience? Well, a little bit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> a little bit. No, I mean, you can do it. No. no well, the, yeah. The caveat can, is, if you care about your PM two. Well, yeah, but who cares? Well, that's dumb. <laughs> that's a dumb caveat. Like, if you want to learn, uh, I, I I I learned on everything. Well, that, okay, but care. like, if you want to learn on something, you can literally go to Walmart. You know, and buy yourself a three dollar Ozark trail knife. You could buy I would actually probably encourage that because the steel's gonna be really soft and pretty easy yeah. to sharpen as well. So it'd be a good starting and point. The bad thing with or... soft steels though, it's harder to, it's hard to sharpen them because they're so shit they don't like really apex really good though. Nah, yeah, I've exactly. had I've had good experience you know, with Ozark trails right. though. So like I've had good uh, yeah, if you're gonna sh- go to like Walmart and buy a butter knife and try to sharpen that, yeah. I'd say buy a spider coat tenacious. So forty bucks. Uh, I would yeah. say buy. Let's come with what eight CR. Yeah, I yeah yeah. I personally believe in trial by fire. So um, I think you should pick a oh, knife you're scared about, like that you don't want to ruin, because that will put pressure on you and you'll get adrenaline pumping. Do then, not do that. And then you'll uh, you'll be like okay. you'll be laser focused on doing it. You'll just improve faster. Well, Frey, okay, so don't me. do that. You're gonna For fuck people up that your don't knife. know, Brian is the professional borker of knives. Um, I think he has like an. Now, for every really good thing he creates, yeah. he destroys something. He has like an eighty percent non-bork rate, but the rest are like just borked like completely. So he'll. And he doesn't stop until they're. Oh yeah, really he'll dead. like like he'll really kill really. Them. Well, I mean, you might as well get the most out of it, right? Yeah, you'll like yeah, you mess <laughs> something up, and then you're like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh finish gosh. it off. Is what you do. So. <laughs> Mortal. Um, <laughs> Mortal combat. In regards to disassembly. Um, um, so I like I I basically disassemble every knife I own, and if the owner will let me, I disassemble every knife that I get uh, pass around. I always do I, this. I would never let you disassemble Why? any of my knives. Lose the bearing because you I lose always find them. Every them. Time. I always find them though. <laughs> I, listen, yeah, but we always it's in the middle of podcast. Like, oh damn, I, lost I always that bearing. find them though. I would never let it. You know, I'd never <laughs> let it be gone forever. Um, you know, so like. I don't know. Uh, get get a get a mat get a mat for disassembly. Yeah, um, it's not worth the trouble to lose pieces. Um, now, okay, no. there are some things to consider here. So disassembly, by and large, um, is very it's very easy to not lose your pieces depending on what you're disassembling and how you do it. Um, if you're disassembling things like a button lock, you have to be careful or a yeah. lock, and you don't want to lose that second detent ball. I would always you know? say if it's kind of a weird knife and you're not and you're not super experienced, try to find a disassembly video or something yes. first, just so you know kind of that what to expect. That being said, I don't think you have to disassemble your knives. Uh, you know, I... um, unless they're really dirty or there is a performance issue, don't, I wouldn't in most yeah. cases. It's I just mean, not worth you it. You can basically solve a lot of your problems with like, uh, a, you can get some penetrating oil and then uh, you can just spray it out with some compressed air and then you'll be pretty good. Um, I just like to disassemble my knives because I like to go that extra mile to get it exactly how I want it. And I like to see the inner working. So it's just kind of a part of the hobby. for me. That's why I do it a little bit too. But I, I think for most people, it, it's not necessary. If you're genuinely curious about it or you think you can improve the performance just a little bit, if you get inside of it, <laughs> 
go for it, I guess. But just yeah, be I'll cautious. Yeah, I'll let you guys on a little secret. The best way to clean your knives without taking it apart. So what you do is, say your knife has some grit in it, some dirt, some whatever the hell you, you put in your knives. You get a piece of paper <laughs> and you shove it right where the freaking detent rides on the track. And you go in there and you just put the paper in there and rub it back and forth and you have a whole bunch of black shit on there. And you keep doing that until it's gone. <clears throat> and you know what? It's clean now. You don't have to take it apart. You um, saved about 20 minutes from your life. <laughs> and if you want to get real fancy, you uh, put some lube on the detent ball. And mm, that's all you got to do. Yeah. That's all you got to do. All right. So you put lube on the ball. Then you put it in, rub it around until black shit. Comes anyways, out. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> anyways, yeah. So the, I now that being said, <laughs> I have had to disassemble every compression lock Spyderco I have bought because it will just not drop shut if I don't. Oh my god! I don't know what the heck's the deal. <laughs> First world problems. Um, I I didn't have to disassemble one. Um, just because I bought it used. The the amalgam I got from Frogger. Um. Yeah, drop yeah. it right away. But yeah, any 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 new factory ones. I don't yeah, know what the heck's the deal. And you know what? Here's what bothers me, Spiderco. Why do I have to take off both sides? Why do I have to go all the way and pull off pull off the capture so pivot annoying. and get on the underside and lubricate the underside of that washer to get it to drop shut? What's the deal there? Why do I have to do that? I don't understand. I hate disassembling compression oh, locks. Disassembling anything. So yeah. I actually disassembled. I could all tell my knives. by your paper trick. I don't. I don't um, own a knife. I haven't disassembled. As soon as I get it, I disassemble mm. it. Um, the reason for that is because I want to make sure that there's no rust where I can't see it once we know when I received it. That um, is a good point. Also, I want to Rockwell test it somewhere that it can't be seen. So I want to do it. You well, know, we know. On the on majority the of people won't be Rockwell testing their own knives. <laughs> sure, but another thing is that you'll notice is um if you so. When you take apart your knife, sometimes you'll see visible burning on the tank. Yep. Right? So that clues you into, oh, my heat treat's probably poor, right? Yeah. Um, if you show that, then you can get a new blade, for example, from the company, maybe. Or well, you so know. you know what? It's just good to know. Well, um, depending on when we did the Pilar, uh, when we did the Pilar exclusive, every single Pilar had a scorched, um, basically, uh, interface, lock bar interface. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, they're all borked, but... Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, what do you expect for was it twenty five dollars, thirty dollars? Surprising, yeah. surprisingly, I will say this: um, I've tested closer to the blade on those on some pilars because um, you know I bought some for reblade testing, and um, they actually tested surprisingly like the, okay. Now I don't know what they, they are like at the edge. Obviously, which ones? But, the D two ones? Because we all it was all the D two um, ones that we had trouble with. No, it wasn't D two. It was uh. Because if because the people that bought like the eight CR versions or whatever they had fine blades, but the D oh, yeah, really? but since oh, okay. we got the D two ones, yeah. all the D two ones were borked, so you could tell a difference. That's unfortunate. Yeah, and they all had burrs on the interface. They're, they were probably thinking like, man, they bought D two. Yeah. they don't care about their knives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what were you saying, Jake? About twenty five dollars. Oh, I was saying I don't. I'm not sure what 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 else you could expect well, for around that that twenty five dollar price. What about like forty? Yeah. Now I don't. Um, Oh, the D. Yeah, I was thinking the about D2 the ATR. I have no like idea. Forty dollars or something like that. So, so we should give quick advice as well. Um, if you're going to disassemble your knives, don't get cheap torque spits. Get oh yeah, off. you just have to. Um, that is one thing everyone in the knife community will agree on. Do not 
do not buy crappy bits. It will ruin your knife. It'll ruin your bits. You'll yep. waste money. Just buy yeah. Weeha. Weeha. Um, Weeha is not even it. that Some expensive. Some people also um, use the iFixit no. toolkit. They run a little bit softer, but they're also still pretty good. Um, yeah, if you have one of those lying around, you could try it. Um, yeah. But if you're just going out and buying one, you can get a Weeha bit kit for like 15 yeah. bucks. Word of right. advice for everything about, you need to assemble yeah. the knives. I've um, stripped a lot of screws in my life. Me too. A lot. I'm <laughs> brand new knives. So... Oh so my god, that hurts my soul. <laughs> if it's not turning when you're torquing it normally, stop. Stop torquing. Stop torquing it. Yep. When, you it up now. when you hear, okay, that's a good. I'm glad you brought that up, Vex, because if you if you're uh, unscrewing something on your knife and you feel that clack, it goes clack. Stop it. You've already started to strip it. It's too late. It's too late. Don't do it anymore. Will Parsons knows he has seen my. He knows from me. He has seen my 0801 when I had that. I tried to disassemble that one time. Um, and I had already disassembled it before. But for some reason, one of, one of the T6, uh, you know, I, th- I think maybe some of the T6 screws that on that 0801 were just soft. Well, the center one or whatever, or the side center one, um, <laughs> that thing, I bored that thing out. That thing was a circle by the time I was done with it. Like, I just wouldn't stop. Um, because I was a moron. Um, so if if you start to strip it even once, stop, regroup, think about what you want to do. You know, maybe try, if you want to try one more time, heat that sucker up, try one more time. If you get another clack where it slips, stop. That's it. It's not coming apart. I'm sorry. You're either going to have to... Um, the, um, the worst I've had was the... Uh... Me and Will, me and Will got uh, Kaiser T ones, and I anodized those. So I was disassembling them. Kaiser's pivot screws—they lock tight, or they used to at least lock tight the crap mm-hmm. out of them. Um, so I, I, I did use two bits and just crank down on it after heating it up. But in general, don't do that. That's stupid. All right, what soldering iron should people buy? Uh, the cheapest one. That's uh, cheapest one. electric. Cheapest one I on have, Amazon. I have, I have the, the cheapest, cheapest one, one I could find yeah. on Amazon. Do you, I'll be back. Do you would you buy a, a more expensive one, Brian? Like I, I, I don't know. No, I, I don't, I don't have a soldering. Oh, what? Uh, so I'm, I'm asking you right I now. Use, like, I, I use I, mine I, for I other stuff. One. I should probably have a more Listen, expensive one, but I think I bought one for fifteen dollars on Amazon. It came with a whole kit, a kit yep. with tweezers and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, extra tips, extra tips, and all kinds of stuff, and you. All you comes yeah. with solder, and you just plug it in, and you can set the temperature of it, and it goes to some stupid high temperature. Like I don't know anything about soldering, but like it gets hot, and it gets hot in like five minutes, and yeah, I don't know anything about soldering either. I just know people. Use oh it. yeah, the, the thing is, I've when I so I've only had a screw strip on me like two times out of all the knives, and I disassemble knives every day because I rewrite. Yeah. Um, I've only had screws strip on me twice. I and those weren't even for regrinds. They're just like old knives way back. And and I wasn't using Weha, um, except one time. One time I was using um the cheapest Torx bits off Torx bits off Amazon, and I stripped uh some nine forty three screws, mm-hmm. the screw clip. Oh. And then um and that's not a problem because Benchmade will you know um. Fix yeah, it I have to send a in. a bug out in for a strip screw because it just immediately yeah. stripped. T six man. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the T6 clipsters. And then the other knife that I had that stripped was a rat. Mm. Um, I'm not really sure if I should say that stripped. Um, I was, 
I was like torquing on it, and you know how you said like you should stop torquing, yeah. you know, when it doesn't move anymore. You just, yeah, I, I understand. Was, I, I I broke the screw, <laughs> so I didn't strip it. The screw broke in half. So um, I forgot about that. Oh one. yeah, yeah. But uh, my problem is, I, I can tell when they're starting to strip, and even though, uh, again, all of you have said this, and I'll say this as well. Stop. I never do. I understand. So I've stripped I, out a couple. You, you start to panic, and you're like, "What if I never get it apart?" I understand. Uh, well, I always think to him, like, maybe if I push just a little bit harder, maybe it'll if give I get it a, a thicker no, screwdriver it, it, with more torque. <laughs> don't do um, it, guys. Another it's not thing worth it. that I was gonna say was, um, uh, Brian brought up the soldering iron. Yeah, if if it doesn't, like, if you start to strip it and you want to try heat. Honestly, I, I recommend maybe just going with heat in general at the start just to be safe sometimes because it kind of saves you the hassle. And also a lot of times when you use heat, it just breaks free instantly rather than you kind of having to put a lot of torque on it on the screw. So a soldering iron is very good for applying direct heat to a uh, screw because um, obviously... Mm-hmm. You just touch it to the yeah, screw. Yeah, you like literally just... The tip, yeah, like the tip the of the soldering of the... iron gets super hot, right? It gets like it can get up to like 650 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm sure there's some that probably get hotter. Oh, yeah, and you just literally touch it to the tip of the screw, and you count like 10 seconds, and then you take it off, set the soldering iron down in a safe place where it won't catch your house on fire, and then you immediately try to unscrew it, and that's what you do. Um, that helps a lot. But you're but you're you're ruining the heat treat on your Weeha bit. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Probably not, um, because by the time you take off the the uh, screw, uh, I mean by the time you take off the soldering iron, it's immediately cooling down already. That's why I'm saying you have to mm-hmm. quickly start unscre- trying to unscrew because you're losing that heat, and if there's Loctite, it'll, right? You know. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't even know if we mentioned that. The reason why we're heating it is to break that. Oh yeah, ice, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, if you use red thread locker on your knives, any sort of permanent thread locker, you're an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, talking about the companies. Don't do that if you're a person. Use blue. No, 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 no. You shouldn't don't, even own permanent thread locker if you're a human being. don't tight your body screws. That was a dumb thing that I used to do. I think I got that from Nick Shabazz for some reason. There's literally There's no reason no to do that. The only thing you should lock yeah. tight is your pivot. That's the exactly. only thing that's going to be backing don't out anyway. Don't lock tight your body screws. I used to do that. I've stripped screws mm-hmm. because of that. Don't do that. Because a lot of knives use T6 Torx screws and these screws have a tiny tiny amount of surface area that you're um you know yeah those yeah, those teeth those that you're pressing up are against super are really, fragile really small a lot of the times and if they're even the littlest bit soft they can just immediately break three free and you've basically got yourself a a hole a circle that you're mm. boring out we got to start hrc yeah. testing screws yeah. um moving on, <laughs> moving on here's another one i I do this a lot, actually. I don't know if other people do this. Um, whenever I get done disassembling and cleaning my knife, I oil the blade. So, like, I take some mineral oil and I slather the blade up to keep it what? to keep it nice and you know uh, corrosion resistant and all that. You know, just just as a just get some EDCI. <laughs> do you do you guys Wait. do that? I I actually do use it. You you oil the blade. I take some mineral oil and I I wipe the blade down with it, so it's. I absolutely do not do that. Um, what I do... It depends on the steel I'm using. If it's like yeah, D2 or something, Yeah, if it was M4, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think you aren't going wrong. Um, I mean, yeah. if, if it's You like, just reminded me, I need, I need to if it's oil a, this blade. If it's a rust-prone steel, 
then I'll still just use it, and then if it rusts, I get mad. But I mean, well, I don't really. I just, I don't really oil. I don't want to try to alleviate this problem, but I'm gonna get pissed <laughs> I, off I when it like happens. Do, yeah. I, I'm more. I'm probably more like, you know, I love cleaning knives. I take Q-tips and I get in all the little holes and all the little pockets. I clean off the stop pin. I clean off the stop pin holes and get in there with a Q-tip. And I'm just very, you know, I just get in there in all the pockets. So, no, I mean, I oil um, fixed blades that are like with steels that are very, very rust right. prone. Um, but by and large, I mostly stopped using those, so I don't really oil anything anymore. Well, that's what I do. I think some people do it. Um, you know, some people use, uh, what is it called? Gun oil. It's some sort of gun oil they use. Yeah, Pops. you can use that. It's fine. Or some just regular mineral oil. Uh, uh, mineral oil is nice. The reason why Echo's probably suggesting it is because it's food safe. Exactly. Okay, 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 okay. <clears throat> I got something to say. <laughs> what? First of First off, I disagree on the body screws not needing Loctite. Why? On 90% of knives, you're right. They don't need Loctite. But on my clone Shamwari, the clone, it would loosen itself up. So I'm like, what the hell? That's never happened to me before. So I uh, put a little bit of Loctite on it, and it's never coming out ever again. Like... (gasps) It's never coming out. Why it's are not. you disagreeing then if you're just saying that it's just... I'm just saying, I'm uh, I'm just... It changed me after that. It changed so you. Everything's getting Loctite. Everything's getting Loctite now. Mine's just fine. That's kind of uh, weird. No, like it's free spinning too, so it's literally never coming out again. Yep. So <laughs> I literally tried to take it out to for like fair, two hours and I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill somebody. I handled two or three of those and uh, in literally... Every single one of them, I had a problem getting at least one screw out. Yep. So that's interesting. I had no problems with um. Um. You know, so taking Jay's Vex, part. do you do you uh, oil your blades? No, that's weird. How is that weird? I'm oiling one. I'm oiling one literally just, right now. I just blade stuff I, um, from Brian. I get the alcohol um, wipes from work. I distill them. I still like 500 Steel. of them. <laughs> and um, Vex is stealing from work, guys. I just use that to clean the blade off. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to steal some more actually because I ran out. So yeah, actually, um, that's a good point. Those like little lens wipes, you can buy a pack of like two or three hundred of them for super super cheap off of Amazon. Why would you buy them? The fabric wipes, fabric wipes are better. I wish I had some. All I have right now are like kind of like makeup removing cotton pads, and the problem with those is they start to uh, leave cotton everywhere. So that's just like annoying. Honestly, do not wipe off your knife blade with toilet okay, paper. Well, right now. Shabazz does is the biggest brand because he <laughs> just buys a whole bunch of pack a pack of uh, little what are they cotton tabs? And they're not even cotton. They're spikes. they're like fabric, I think. Okay, yeah, he buys a ton of those. Probably cost nothing, and he just has a big thing of isopropyl alcohol. That's what it, well, that's what I do. I have the cotton. That's big. Brain. I have the cotton pads and the isopropyl alcohol. You know, I have a ton. Wait, what's wrong with just using a handkerchief? I still hand wipe from restaurants fine, and use those. Just use your old dirty sock. Oh. Screw it. Um, yeah, I, 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 make sure it's dirty. That would be fine too. You know, just something I don't know, semi-soft. The handkerchief's actually smart because you can like wipe it off, and it's see, it only makes I mean, sense you to can, me um, if, if you can wash if it's it. like a really I, rust-prone still. Oh, for oiling. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't oil like okay. Um, let me see. So like S30V M390. I don't I don't bother with them or if a blade's coated oh, yeah. like I have a, an M4 little native I don't bother because what the, the edge might rust I don't I don't give a shit yeah. about that um if it's like a if it's a whole blade though with a steel that I know can rust even 
I generally just go ahead and spray it down. Spray it down once and I never do it again because it y'all, never wears off. Do y'all oil, uh, oil your micarta? No. I do. No. I darken it with mineral oil. My micarta is beautiful. So I, I like to darken it. it. Micarta is actually, like, the more you think about it, it's just smaller brain carbon fiber. <laughs> No, it's not. Dude, that did you see this micarta that's on this that shit smaller is brain carbon disgusting. <laughs> smaller brain Imagine carbon fiber. It's, it's just carbon fiber without you just, epoxy on it. You just pissed it. off literally our entire <laughs> anyway, listener You know what? The truth hurts sometimes. The truth hurts. Uh, uh, regular stropping. <laughs> micarta has, micarta we, has character. We all, we anyway, all strop. Stropping. Right. I'm sure we do. Yes. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. stropping. That's, that's probably one of the biggest hacks, like one of the biggest mm-hmm. things that I appreciate um, that I found out for just everyday use. When you use a knife, not every single time, but if you use it for, say, an hour, 30 minutes, something like that, just quick, strop it up afterwards, mm-hmm. rack back to new. Yeah. Super easy. It's super cheap. I think I cheap. can agree. Takes That's 30 seconds. The, uh, one thing that I think anyone can really do, because it's hard to, sorry, excuse me, it's hard to, uh, to like, destroy a knife blade stropping, you know? Unless, You'd have to sit there for like, like an hour. Unless just you're like, you have a strip of leather, leather in front of you and you're just like slamming the blade down into it really hard a bunch or something. Or you're slicing through blocks of stropping yeah. compounds. Slicing like. through heaps of leather. You know, like obviously you're not really <laughs> stropping at that point. Cutting leather exactly, will build yeah. the hell out of yeah. cheap steels. Like, don't, don't do that. I think that's something we can all agree on. It's something that everyone can learn how to do because it's really easy. It has a lot of. Um, leeway because the leather is mm-hmm. bouncy and you know cushiony so you can use some people use pressure some people don't use pressure and depending on if you use pressure or don't you can yeah. you know you change the way you do it so yeah like if you're getting into knives the first time you're like okay i want a, a, a little maintenance kit set up get some lube get a weeha bit yep. and get a strop like that's going to do 99 percent of what you I need give you to some do tips on strops so you want, it depends really, if you want average strop, like for just touching up the edge, you want leather that's short. You don't want really long leather because it could potentially roll the edge if you're like really small brain and you just keep doing it Pressing for three down. hours. When you, yeah. when you strop something, it literally takes less than five minutes to strop something. Mm-hmm. Like honestly. I don't even and you don't even have much. to use compound, but if you want to take your already good edge to the next level... Then use compound. Well, you know, compound's yep. good for, like, it's good to use compound because you can do, like, you know, ah, oh God, I can't I remember. I like the, fine and yeah, extra I fine can't compound remember the grits, but, that I use. You know, I always do white grit and then green. Um, and then if I had, like, bare leather, like, just bare leather, that would be the highest grit you could really yeah. get. Um, I, I usually strop like finish mine up on scrap leather. Mm-hmm. Scrap leather that I, I have my own around. Anything could be a strop. Like you could have old denim pants. Yeah. You could have a freaking cardboard. It could be a strop. Even balsa wood. Anything. I actually bought. I bought mine from a yeah. pocket strop. They're like super cheap, super or, small. I literally toss them in. I have like a tiny mm-hmm. knife drawer that I use. Or you can buy a knives plus strop on Amazon. They're really cheap and they're good. So. Um, yeah, those those are they're bigger, big, um, but I've heard nothing big, but good but stuff about them. They're big, but they'll last forever. You know, but the green one that's loaded yeah. with it. Yeah, it's loaded. Yeah, yeah, that will last you your whole goddamn life. <laughs> That'll last you your whole knife career. Moving on. We could do. We could probably do a whole episode about straps. <laughs> anyway, what are some tasteful modifications that people can do without changing a knife? I like this question. Um, anodization. Without, without changing drastically it. Without drastically changing, changing it. Yeah. So like. 
Okay, anodization, um, adding a lanyard bead. I know a lot of people don't like them. I don't like them, but it could add something, I guess, if you well, wanted you know, to do I it. You know, I put anodization on there because there's so much you can do with anno. You know, like, like mm -hmm. you know, you can get a flat anno of just one color. You can get someone to do like Shaman does where he, like, anos, stone washes, re-anos, so it's, it anodizes the stone washed part. You can get all kinds of crazy stuff. I've seen Antec do some, like, interesting, like, you know, Antec does the lightning strike anos. Like, it's just, you can get all kinds of stuff. And then it all comes off, you know? Like, if you, um, yeah, you can it's, remove it's it. It's really easy and really quick to strip anno. Uh, just be yeah. careful. If you're stripping it, I'd probably send it to someone to have it stripped. But exactly, but it's not like modifying the knife in like some unchangeable way, basically. Right. No, it's not. Or not yeah, it's not like it. making um, it so. almost not the same knife. Um, so yeah, anos are very tasteful when well done. There's a lot of variety. You can do all sorts of things. Another thing you can do is um, this is on blades. Uh, you can crown the spine. That's a pretty cool. Oh one. my gosh! Um, Ugh, crown spines just that, yeah, that, that, that gets me going. I don't change, but it makes a very nice visual touch for a lot of people. I also really like it, uh, and I think some people might disagree with me. I like it. Uh, it's easier on my thumb compared to like if a knife doesn't have uh, jimping on it. Mm -hmm. I almost always, because the size of my hands, and putting my thumb on the back of the blade spine, mm -hmm. um, like probably about midway up. And if a knife has a crowned spine, it's just so much more pleasant for me. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, that's related to the next one, which is chamfering. Um, you know, when you break those edges or chamfer a bit on certain materials, it makes a world of a difference. Um, oh, one yeah. knife that this is really big on is the MBK EWC. Um, that one is the double detent slip joint that we talked about in a previous episode. Um, but yeah, that, those edges are really yeah, those sharp. Those edges are really sharp, but they're also carbon fiber. So they're extremely easy to chamfer with just a mm -hmm. piece of sandpaper in your hands. Um, takes like five seconds, but it completely changes how the knife feels when you're deploying it and when you hold it in your hand. So I think yeah. I want to buy another one of those. Yeah, so chamfering is another easy one. Damn you can it. chamfer the inside mm -hmm. of a spidey hole, for example, if it's too. And that's sharp. pretty easy to do. Um, yeah, if you just have something right. high grip. Yeah, that one I I I have done before. Uh, because uh, especially from from the Taiwan. Yeah, factory, like a lot if of you, them are really you sharp. can even get like a ceramic rod, um, and just. That's probably actually yeah. a better way to do oh, it than yeah. sandpaper. Definitely. Uh, just People, so, you, so you don't scratch you, you, you your use, blade. Yeah, you use the triangle part of the um, of a sharp maker rod, and you stick it in there, and you rotate it around, and it will only scratch uh, or chamfer the inside of the hole, the outer rib. If you think about it geometrically, yep. like it's not going to scratch up your blade or anything. Mm -hmm. um, I added chul mod because I think a lot of people put chuls on their Spyderco. Um, Spyrco knives, um, and they're very usually very small, very tasteful. Uh, some people don't agree with doing that on Spydercos or whatever. I just I don't care. Right, but that's and, fine. And another thing is, it doesn't um, change much. They also make them bigger. Yeah. they make existing trails bigger too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a very tasteful mod, and I think that helps a lot. And in a lot of cases, it's good for knives that need it that have like dumb tools that don't uh, meet the plunge. You know, like they don't clear the plunge. So. I think that uh, helps a lot because it, if it doesn't clear the plunge, you get a huge smile on the heel of the blade before the chul. So it's like a big, gross-looking, ugly part of your blade that's been like sharpened up higher than you would want it to be. Um, yeah. New yeah. scales is the next one. Uh, of course, this is yes. such an easy one. This is probably one of my yeah. favorites. Um, it's a little ex more expensive than some of these other ones. Well, than all the other ones, really. Um, but it can it can 
completely change the way a knife feels. Um, you can even, depending on the knife, um, if it's like nested liners or something like that, you can get differently mm. shaped scales. There's people that make like uh, skinny scales for the Spyderco Shaman that completely change the way or it looks. Different, or different con- contour um, scales get, for the PM3 yep, yep. and PM2. You can different get completely materials, different yeah, materials. That make it heavier or lighter. Yep. Cool milling patterns on yep. them. Yeah. Yep. The only downside is uh, if if it's not a fairly popular knife, you're going to have issues getting scales. And if you can, they're yeah, probably going to be expensive. They, but most popular mm-hmm. knives out there, you're going to have if no it, problem. Obviously, if they're not popular, the person you contract to do new scales has to do it all from scratch. So Most of the knives yeah, that you that's like, a lot of work. the good knives, have like secondary scales you could buy. Most of them. Yeah, like <clears throat> a lot of Spydercos, really, and Benchmates. Mostly Spydercos. And that's heads, like yeah. you said, like, it's a, but, it's, they can get pretty spendy. Like, you could spend $180 on oh, scales. Oh, yeah, if you wanted to. If you get something from like, um, what's that guy with the six scales? Aramis Akmadov. Yeah, Aramis does the best scales for I've seen. He, oh my, oh, dude, he does amazing. Uh, I should work. mention this. This is along the same line of new scales. You can get new standoffs, new thumb studs. Um, you can get lanyard fillers. Um, like those are all things that are yeah different uh, different screws. These same people. Yeah, different like yeah different anno screws, titanium yeah. screws, all backspaces. Yeah, like the the screw things. Uh, pretty pretty affordable too because you can pick those up from typically from blades we love mm. let's be honest um for like 15 20 bucks and it has a little pop of color that's also another thing knife. i like about hinder knives and also hinder designs is he lets a lot of them be oh gosh like lets a lot of them use his uh hardware so like even your 0562 you can get hinder or hardware for which is very nice i like that the only thing is that gets ridiculous well, that's fine expensive. i mean you know we're not it doesn't you can get like a hundred dollar it doesn't really matter like i'm not yeah. we're, i'm not judging price right now i'm just saying this is what you can do no well if, if you're if you're buying a hinder anyway about spending another hundred dollars well, yeah, you know and another thing like you know i've seen that logic really will makes get it, you in i've seen i've seen a lot of people <laughs> i've seen a lot of people spend a ton of money on like two hundred dollars on scales, like I yeah, that's ridiculous. I think that's ridiculous, but I know people like that, and I know that people want to do that. So whatever, you know, buy what you want since you're modding your knives. You know, um, if it's I, I will say if there's a knife that you absolutely hate, don't don't spend any money modding it. Um, nine times out of ten, you're not going to get your money back, and it probably won't make you like the knife. If there's a knife that you really like, but there's one thing you want to change about it that you can do with modding. Go ahead, or if you just have that excess money, go ahead and dump it in. But um, it might increase resale value a little bit, but you're probably going to still end up yeah, losing money on the resale. Degree, yeah. um, Unless the yeah. scales are sought after too, which is pretty rare. Brian put on Rit Dying G10 yeah. scales. That's a good one. I think it's the same as Anno, pretty much, except on G10, yeah, right? Basically, more, more permanent, permanent though. Uh, because you can't really do it on stuff that's like. It is a yeah, lot easier. You can't to really do, do it stuff on like if you, you have black very, very G10 scales, it's kind of hard to like. Uh, I don't know anything really about bleaching them or anything like that, but uh, I, okay, I've looked it up. So, you can't really. Um, yeah, but it's a but pretty. But if you have like un- a lighter color G10, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. It's a pretty unintrusive mod. Yeah, you know? if you yeah, you can do it, and it's it, it works for the most part. Oh, um, another one is um, you can add skiff made bearings. You know, if yeah. you have like bearing knife, you can have better bearings yeah. pretty much. Um, so I, I don't know, know this one. Um, it's just like they're just like really nice bearings that um, a custom maker mm. makes. Skiff. Um, um, oh, you can I'm replace the bearings in your knife and then have better action because they're better bearings. That's cool. Stuff, so. um, 
Um, I mean, that's a very minimal change because you can't even yeah. see it. Well, it changes but, the action, yeah. so it's still, you know. I have on here, yeah. since this is minor modification, I have Mirror Edge on here. It's not super big of a mod, but, you know, I think it counts yeah. to some degree because you're obviously doing the mirror probably half for aesthetical reasons, probably half for, you know. Um, I will say, Spade pointed this out earlier, too. Um, if you're doing this at home, just be careful because some steals yeah. suck with a mirror edge, like, performance-wise. Some of them need that toothiness, that grit, to cut really well. Um, so it's more aesthetic than performance, for sure. Um, but some knives look really, really yep. good with a mirror edge. Yeah, and like you said, you can do a mirror edge with a coarse micro bevel. So, yep. you know, you, yeah. So in that case, it's entirely aesthetic. I think a, a small mirror edge looks very nice. Actually. I agree. If it's too big, um, I don't really care so, much for it. But yeah, I don't like large. But if it's like a medium size, no, a small if, size, I like that mm. a lot. If it gets too big, it it just looks yeah. stupid. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> but uh, but but really small ones, just adding that kind of like that bit that catches the light just yeah. looks, I don't know. Um, so moving on to drastic mods that are fun to do to knives and you know, why even do these mods? Um, I have Spidey. That's a good first yeah, one. Spidey hole yeah. on there. I have Spidey hole on there. Everyone's been Spidey hole. People the love out of Spidey holing things. I think it's kind of put it on the Norse. I think it's more Sabenza. of a drastic mod because it adds a whole new opening mechanism to your knife. You see someone did it to a fifth 20. No, I didn't see that. Yep. That was nuts. Uh, okay. Uh, also about the spidey hole, I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, you're gonna you're gonna pay a lot for that. Like probably around a hundred dollars yeah. or so, depending on the the knife and who you get it done by. It is not going to increase your resale value. It will lower the market for your knife because that's something that, unlike most of those other ones we mentioned earlier, you really can't take this back. Yeah. This <laughs> is 100% permanent. You're taking away material. And it, it kind of. Yeah, a lot of it. And for some knives, especially like the Savenza and stuff, you're getting really mm -hmm. close to the spine. So some of that structural Another integrity... Another thing I want to mention about spidey holes bit. is they are... Um, they are... God, I mean, I don't know how to put this really, but... They're just... God, I've lost it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um... I will, I will go ahead and say on record, it's my favorite opening mechanism mm. by a mile, but they're, most knives I would never yeah. put a spidey hole on. They're just not made for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's a drastic mod for sure, I think. Like, it's been oh, one that's I remember been really what I was going to say. Lately. It's also really hard um, to do. What I was going to say was, it's a very risky mod to do. Um, because, um, yeah. it's like, so, you know, you, you have to... You can't do it too fast, or you might bork up your blades. Like it, it, it gets, it might get. And these yeah. steels are hard. Like they're really rough yeah. on your drill. It's bit. creating a lot of friction. I don't know if it would mess up the heat treat any. Maybe if you're going super fast on those drill bits, it might. Um, well, you're not really typically too close to the edge, so I don't think it would matter. Um, a ton. But one thing is that you know when when these guys are doing these uh, spotty hole mods, is they're basically using kind of like a. It, the drill bit looks like a drill. Like it looks like, I don't know, like a one of those big drills they would drill into the side of a mountain with on a cartoon or something like that. That's yeah, like a yeah, drill. But the, the basically ones. a miniature one of those. The thing about that is it's kind of not stable, right? Because mm -mm. they the person doing it is either they're e they're either like stabilizing the drill or they're stabilizing the knife or both. But at the end of the day, something can happen where 
all of a sudden the knife breaks free from whatever they're using to stabilize it, whatever clamp or whatever they're using, because the drill is using a lot of force and it can sling the knife around, uh, whatever they have it on and it'll pull the drill across the blade. And so you might end up getting, you know, your blade marred with this big drill mark. Um, could crack, crack it. The spine. Yeah. Um, um, there it's, it's risky. And a lot of people have been doing it on really expensive knives lately. I would never recommend doing that unless you're really, really confident in the person who's doing it. Um, this is not something I would do at home under any circumstances. Yeah, you'd have trouble doing it at home because um, you need basically machines. you need well you need something that's a little more or not you need but you want something that's a little more steady than a drill yeah. press, especially a cheaper drill press. Um, they have more wobble, and you don't want any wobble. That's scratching shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, yeah, and you're yeah. going into like ridiculously is, hard steel. You can't, you can't use bit. a normal drill bit. You have to use um, special, like usually like end mill bits and stuff like that that can cut um, hardened steel because obviously these steels are already heat treated and ground. Um, the other thing is that the reason you need so much stability is because if you're if you're normally you want to drill into a flat surface, right? You want it to be perpendicular, whatever you're drilling to the entry point of the drill. But with a blade, that's not really possible because they're ground. So, you know, they're already yeah. like, you know, at angles. So there's a, there's a lot of things that make it more difficult um, that I think most people should be comfortable doing just yeah. trying at home. Obviously, it also costs a ton. So, like, we probably won't be doing it at home. And if you do, be careful because like, like they mentioned or like Echo mentioned earlier, it can yeah. throw the knife. It can sling it, it off. could die. <laughs> Always wear, um, yeah. Always wear protection equipment anytime you're doing any kind of. I think of the majority of people probably knife, won't have access to something like, to do so this like really, but but the I people that not. do, it costs you a lot of money, and it's just yeah. And it's you're probably gonna expensive. mess stuff up. And I, I've seen the people that do mess stuff up, um, like uh, Chris CM, I think CML CML Knifeworks, I think he is on Instagram. Um, he uh he has messed up a few, um, you know, it's just an accident. What can you do? And the only thing that he can, like, it's the only thing he can do eventually. to fix it a little bit is to acid wash it, and it makes it look more. It like makes it look less, you know, yeah, attractive. You still have that giant scratch from the drill on the blade, but yeah. But you have a lot of other scratches yeah. too. That's another one I want to add. Actually, I think it cover it probably covers it up pretty well, though. It does. It does. Um, it it but, looks kind of apocalypticy, yeah. but it. it, it it's still yeah. you see it. You might not have wanted that. You probably <laughs> wanted it to be satin, um, you know. So right, if you didn't want yeah. an acid wash, but that was another thing that, I should yeah. bring up now is uh, acid washing is a thing that you can get done. That's a pretty drastic mod because uh, you can't take an acid wash oh, yeah. off really without. I mean, you could. You'd have to refinish the whole yeah. thing. It would take you forever, right. especially and, on and a acid blade. Wash to begin oh my with god, involves losing some exactly. Losing so that is. A drastic mod that you can get. A, there are a lot of people that offer this. Spade said he used to do this. Um, it's it seems to be fairly easy from what I've gathered. Um, yeah, I don't know pricing because I this I wouldn't is fine bother doing if you it wanted personally. To get, I don't think you're probably you're probably not going to have this go wrong for the most part. Um, uh, no, uh, you'd be surprised. Well, like, actually, a lot of people mess up their acid wash. I, 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 I probably wouldn't do it at home, home though, yeah. just because the materials involved. So, so to go into a little detail on why things get messed up, um, so there's a bunch of reasons. First is insufficient prep or bad preparation. 
So if you didn't cover things up properly, like the pivot area or the detent hole, um, you know, lock interfaces and stuff like that with nail polish and let it fully harden, um, that could be a problem, right? Because if any of those parts get acid washed, um, your knife's not going to work as well anymore. It's going to be gritty or there's going to be, you know, um, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't acid wash like any any of those crucial parts where there's movement at don't yeah. don't do and that. And then another thing is that you know um, you want to ask whoever's acid washing your knife, hey, are you blasting it or not? Because um, you know a lot of times people, like I said in the previous episode, um, they'll blast first and then stone wash to make the stone wash look more even. Um, that you know it's just a matter of if you want your knife to be blasted or not. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if they don't blast your knife, let's say the knife has a rougher um, satin. <clears throat> And then they just put it in acid and then stone wash it. You will still see the grind lines, which you might not want. Mm -hmm. You might want, you know, you might want to be all those grind lines to be gone, and that might only be possible if they, you know, regrind it with a higher grit or or sandblast it, or you know, bead blaster does it. Um, and then lastly, sometimes people leave it in too long in the uh, acid, and what you end up ha having is like sometimes some of it seeps into the underneath the nail polish and stuff like that so obviously like not a good thing or you know it's like and you can also have like um the ferric chloride that they use to uh to, to do the acid etch um it might have been used too many times so there's a lot of like steel that's like in the acid already and that makes it blotchy when you get your final finish mm -hmm. um so there, there are you you do want to make sure that your um whoever's doing the acid wash is being professional about it they're taking the proper precautions they're changing out their acid whenever it gets used up or replenishing it cleaning whatever um but yeah, yeah. um next is laser engraving uh that's my favorite yeah i think that's a pretty simple one uh, a lot of people you can get a lot of places to do this because you know laser engraving is used for yeah. a lot of different uh media um it's not really feasible to do it at home. You're not going to do it at home. Initial cost. No, it's way too much money. But yeah, but there's a lot of people on, especially like Instagram and places like that, that you can send it to for fairly cheap and get all kinds, all kinds of designs done. You see what I got done? Oh shoot! What? On on the Benchmade customizer, how they let you put laser engravings on? I didn't see what you did. What did I you saw do? where it got rejected. Uh, no, no, no. It didn't get rejected. I posted it on Sunday, so I, it was uh, meme meme Sunday, so it was allowed on the subreddit. No, I thought you meant ben I thought Benchmade rejected it. Though, no, so it was like copyrighted. No, so they they so they okay, so they said it was um, so Benchmade doesn't allow pornography, obviously, on their customizer, <laughs> and they also I don't like where this and is they going. They also don't allow anime. Really? So the so they can't what? yeah exactly if you if you try to put anime. Like you can try oh, it right now. Isn't it because it's copy copyrighted though? No, the reason wasn't copyright. The reason is just the reason it says reason anime. <sighs> you can also get reason copyright. So you're not allowed to put. Anime. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. So I, I, it took me a long time, but I managed to get anime on the customizer. How? So I'm not, I'm not going to disclose my secrets. This is uh, this is. Can you send me a picture? Yeah, I'll, I'll post it in the uh, in the um, Google Doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll post it right here under laser engraving. So, um, oh we got gosh. we got the uh, I don't even know how to pronounce the word. Uh, oh I, my I got, uh, cat girl. So cat girl in the middle of uh, having is a this good time. full size? Yeah. And then uh, if okay, yeah. you're probably never gonna sell this. If you ever sell this, I've been looking for a full size crooked river. <laughs> I will buy the and hell then, out of this. And then uh, Murkon <laughs> said I'm not allowed to post cat girls on uh, the subreddit except on Sunday. So I have her saying, ban me harder, Murkon. 
Um, <laughs> and then on the other side, don't let your cat girls be dreams. Yesterday you said tomorrow, so just do it. Will they actually do that? <laughs> well, if it go, if it goes on the customizer, that's all just an automated process. So that, because the, like the, the, the customizer <laughs> is supposed to catch copyrighted shit, pornography, anime, yeah. and supposed to just automatically reject it. To be fair, yeah. you put very little anime on here. Oh no, I I took um, a while. I got I got hentai on there too. Don't uh, worry. Um, but it, it that was really hard. So what? Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Okay. So, laser engraving is legit. You can put most things on and, the benchmade laser. And a lot of places, to. well, you can just like when you're buying knives, you can just say you want it engraved, and you can put a lot of different things. Mostly words for if you're buying a knife from like blade hq or something you can get like a word mm-hmm. or like a few words not pictures eventually made laser engraver you can get pictures and stuff like that um but yeah what do you think about people getting their name on their knives i don't care i mean whatever if they want to do that they can it's their knife i think it's cooler to get your like username than your actual name it probably makes yeah, more sense personal. but you know i actually got um from spooky swap one of my swappers sent me a uh Kershaw Natrix with my username from Reddit on there, but it's my <laughs> actual name. <laughs> so, Did he put? I you, got the though? worst of both worlds. You slash. That'd be funny. No, that would have been so um, funny. You slash Jacob. I would have. I, I would have liked that what more. What prompt you to actually. make your real name your damn? You, that is kind of weird, Jake. I'm. I'm very uninventive. You just like nine years um, old. When you made that. No, I was. I just didn't. I, so a lot of people are like, oh no, I don't want to get docs. Oh, I don't God. give a shit. Yeah, you're not anyone like really freaking <laughs> high profile. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but like if you want to go out of your way to come and I don't know, I, I don't know what people would even do. It, I mean, you can come over. I don't think still, you're gonna live very long, house. but you can come over. Live very long? You to kill him? <laughs> what? Is that a threat? No. Uh, well, I mean, if, if they were a threat to me, I, I, I might. We, they're not mine, but we have an ass ton of guns in the house. It would not be. Rest assured, be Jake would good... call the oh proper authorities and would have things uh, settled. Are you guys in the south? Yeah, you guys uh, definitely stand your stand your stand your ground rights. <laughs> we... Wait, North Carolina? Are you guys in South Carolina? I'm in North. He's in South. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in South Carolina. They're both South. They're both South. Yes. Well, my phone doesn't work, so the cops won't. Yeah, be we're called. both in the South. So. <laughs> no. Um. I just tried to upload an image. It, it's very unoffensive. Yeah, I got the 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 issue. Copyright or inappropriate content found. Anime. Anyways, mm-hmm. moving on to regrinds. Regrinds are another drastic mod you can get done. Brian does them. He'll do it if you just send the knife and be like, "Hey, make this into a piece of shit." And Brian goes, "Okay." <laughs> Brian's like, "Oh boy, you want me to beak your Arius, bro? If, Come if on." If I sent Brian an beak is special. If I sent Brian an Arius and was like, "Beak it," I'm serious. Brian be like. Well, you asked for it. He he would probably charge you out the ass just because of Brian the material really charge, cost. For oh, that. for sure, doesn't charge that much though. Well, it, okay, for for a beak though, for no, a large but to okay, beak yeah. a whole how knife. How much do you charge for a regrind? That would be an incredible amount of bills. Uh, let's see, it's seventy dollars shipped for one hundred twenty grit and eighty five dollars shipped for two twenty. Mm-hmm. Most people do two twenty yeah. though. Um. So yeah, regrinds are cool. Uh, a lot of people like them on thick, thick, thick knives so like you know the nirvana is a popular regrind um the spider comb mm-hmm. nirvana most people um it's a combination of aesthetics and uh and like yeah. performance 
because um, like you know performance wise like you know some people want their knives to like be thinner to cut mm -hmm. better but aesthetics wise like you know i could make your nirvana cut well without making it a full or you could change you know? the way so, the blade is shaped you know so right and but a lot of people like the look of the full flat grind nirvana mm -hmm. like they just think that looks nicer I do it does it really does i think so, so. Yeah, so you know, mm. yeah, it's it's um it's a good choice for people if you're mm. into that. Um, now, naturally, just like all the other mods we said, there are risks involved. Oh, yeah. right? It's not like I've Brian, you've worked a lot, haven't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, customers' knives maybe like I can count on one hand, but my own knives, which I just you know, like I said, I'm trial by fire. I wasn't joking. Like when I wanted to learn how to regrind, I put all of my knives, expensive or not, to the grinder, and that's how I learned how to regrind. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, I got like a, and I, you know, limited edition Rowdy, limited edition Baugi, doesn't matter. They all, they all hit the grinder. And did they survive? Some of them did, some of them didn't. Um, some of them are in the knife graveyard. Um, but the knife graveyard. Yeah, I have, so I basically have um, a, a shelf on my, so I've, I've, Sheer bought me a, some shelves. And, you know, some of them are for like, you know, knives that are going out to the post office that day. And then another row is like knives I'm working on. I have one row that's dedicated to knives that I've killed. They're all in uh, Ziploc bags, like body bags. And um, I'm waiting to body resurrect bag. them with reblades <laughs> one day, you know? So I actually have reblades made for five of them mm -hmm. um, already. Like, not made, like finished, but like they're already, like, you know, cut out and they have bearing pockets milled by carb. So very soon they will be resurrected. Yeah. But um, yes, there are risks to regrinds. Naturally, you know, if I were to mess up someone's knife, I'd reimburse them completely for it. You know, I buy them a new knife or pay however much it costs. But you know, that's something to keep in mind, right? Like that's why I personally don't accept sentimental knives or knives that are over seven hundred dollars. Like, because I don't want to pay someone seven hundred dollars if I mess up or something happens, you know. So uh, yeah, but um, regrinds are cool. Um, I think uh, maybe I'll just cover reblades at the same time because it's sort it's of like pretty related. similar, yeah. Yeah, reblades are just the same same idea. Like you want a knife that cuts better or looks a little bit different, but you know it's not possible to reshape your knife to look mm -hmm. that way. Then you get a reblade, right? Um, and a reblade is just what it sounds like. It's just a new blade, which is obviously a drastic change to your knife. Like completely different steel, possibly different heat treat, different yeah. grind. So that's super drastic, and even. you know that can really put a dent yeah. in your um, resale value. You know because it's completely it's not original you know so <laughs> yeah i mean i think well so regrinds i think um hurt resale value more because it very much yeah because it hurt it very much depends on um you know if people like the regrind mm -hmm. or not from what i've seen reblades actually usually go for a little more than what they cost um so so you know what i see like you know other people who do reblades but it depends on very much on the quality of the reblade and the reputation of the reblader so if you're buying like a reblade from Wrecked, you know, um, from uh, Josh at Razor Edge mm -hmm. Knives, most of those reblades will sell for the same or more than what mm -hmm. they cost. Um, whereas, you know, I'm not gonna like name names on like who's don't sell for as well, but like some people like can buy their reblades and it doesn't really sell that. Well. Yeah. So. Um, and final one, because you can you can see like their edge and it's like yeah yeah stuff. it's a hard modification to do though so you know. Um, Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're making a new knife almost. So, last one I want to talk about is detent modifications. So basically, like um, a detent ramp. I know a lot of people add detent ramps. I think that's you know you can you can really mess some stuff up doing that. So you gotta be careful. Um, but that is a fun mod that helps you know get some different action that you might like better. Um, 
And also another kind of detent modification I know some do some people do is like they might not like how um I don't remember what the instance is for doing this, <clears throat> but I know some people will kind of take a very, very small kind of like uh, abrasive and kind of bore out the detent hole a little bit more. I forget what the reason is on that. Um, I know some people do that, though. Do you know the reason on that, Brian? Oh, sorry. I was responding to Vex about You know the reason on um, like if someone what the reason would be for someone to like mill out the uh, detent hole on a blade like bigger for both sides. Uh like all the way through. No, no, no. Just like, like just making the hole wider. Um, oh, wider yeah, in diameter. Um, um, because I've known some people well, have I mean, done that. I can't remember why. So the the wider the hole is, right? Assuming the detent ball doesn't already fully seat in that hole, that means the detent ball goes deeper in the hole, and then your detent is yeah. stronger. Okay, that's that's what I'm talking about. But yeah, but if your detent is all is hole, if your detent ball is smaller than that hole. And it's like going all the way in, no matter how much. Yeah, it's not going to be hole, a difference. It's not going to improve the action, and you're just going to create detail. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. That's just what I wanted to say. That some people do do that. Mm -hmm. I don't. I've never done it. I wouldn't be comfortable messing with my detent. I'd be worried I'd mess something up. But playing with detent, I think personally, is very. Um, you know, it's kind of risky because you can really just mess up the action on your knife. Um, I think it's the scariest because there's no room for going. Back. Yeah. You're definitely just removing material, and it, it can just destroy the action on your knife. And, like, what can you do now, you know? So. Yeah, and it, it feels bad because it's such a small area of the knife, but it's so critical. Yeah. Um, that hole being a little bit too big, and now you have play. Mm -hmm. It's like, eh. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's that's all I have to say about is there any Is there any other... Um, <laughs> is there any other... Uh, mod like drastic mods you can think of um those are the most yeah. drastic that i'm aware of obviously there are some other ones um oh well okay i mean if you just look at ar knife mods on instagram he does so many different mods like he'll hand set in your blade he'll put speed mm -hmm. holes in your handle if it's titanium which is pretty cool actually i like speed mm -hmm. holes um so you know there's all sorts of pretty drastic things you could do um i would look up professional I, I call them professional modders because that's mostly what they do with their yeah. lives, right? Um, for, you know, different options on services that they offer. They could do, like, fake homones. <laughs> I don't like fake homones, but you can do that. Yeah, um, I'm not a big fan so of So, yeah, those are, those are all options. I think we covered the vast majority mm -hmm. of the cool ones. Um, you know, you can do orange peel finishes on your titanium, all sorts mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, just look around. You'll find a lot of cool options, but, yeah. Yeah. So, without further ado, really, I feel like, you know, we've kind of exhausted this topic or you know this main topic i think it's time to kind of wrap up the episode and um thank our patrons who have you know supported us uh throughout you know everything that they do we're very very so appreciative of our patrons um so i'm gonna read the people off of patreon um so we have you know antec uh brandon schultz uh brian lie christopher hansen um, kind of a funny name, Chris Hansen. <laughs> um, uh, Jim Moore, Joshua Sheffield, uh, Darth or Paul, uh, Peter Chung, Sung Kim, and Will Parsons. So we thank you all. Uh, there's also a few other uh, like one-time donators um, uh, who have not yet donated an another um, 
another donation for this month, but we still appreciate our one-time donators, including like Bibbidi Bobbidi Baptist or Benaya. Um, also Tat and um, Tat's yeah. my boy. And so I think the final one is uh, Xcar, uh, X Carolina. He, um, he, you know, he donated a pretty big amount of money to us. So we really appreciate all of your um, donations. Uh, if you want to donate to us, you can find you can find our information on our website at uh, https colon slash slash behind the edge um, We really appreciate your donations. They go directly towards uh, benefiting our podcast. Uh, just today, I actually paid um, the uh, website payment for this month. Um, so. We could not do this without you. We could not, you know, pay for our website or be as professional as we are without you. So, yeah, we are. That's what uh, we yeah, to be. I try to make it pretty professional. But yeah, if you want to donate to us, you can find our you can find our Patreon uh, link on the website as well as donate directly a one time donation on the website as well using the donation tab. So, um, yeah, do you want to close this out, Vex? Um. Thanks for um, listening, guys. <laughs> yeah, even if you even if you even if you can't donate, because um, I know a lot of people out there aren't able to, to or don't want to. Even if you just listen, yeah, just thank you. Thank you. No, um, it's it's really I, really cool to see. I appreciate the, the listens like too. That. We actually have made fifteen dollars in ad revenue as of today. Um, yeah, so balling. Yeah, so we appreciate it. Um, yeah. <laughs> As Vex said, thanks for listening. Um, and we'll see you on the, we'll see you on the next podcast.